0: Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, Murph and Fred, back together again
1: on ESPN 1000. Hey, how are you doing everybody? Mike Murphy, Fred
2: Huebner, Saturday morning. And you know what? We didn't get two feet of snow, we didn't get five, we got a little dusting, which is fine with, I think, everybody this time of year, right Fred? Well, unless you're
0: huh. talking to us from uh, northwest Indiana, there's a chance they Ooh, got some. Yeah, the old belt. Yeah. They always do. They Uh, get more. uh, It's like, oh, I miss Chicago, but Northwest Indiana. (laughs) Hey, you know, Yurko says it all the time. More space, lower taxes, but he never mentions more snow. The snow belt.
2: Uh Uh-huh. More snow. EO 11, Eric Ostrowski. Hey, Eric. So, uh, there's an old phrase. Have you ever heard a drinking phrase called, I need a couple belts? Sort of old school. I mean, I need a couple drinks. No, I have not. I haven't heard that one. Husband. Well, someone going get home from work? You know, honey, I need a, I need a couple belts. You know, I had a rough day. There the comes in an announcer years ago, Eric uh, Vince Lloyd, famous. Oh, I was uh, the best, one tw- of the best. Twenty years uh, Cubs radio man, play by play, and uh, so I, a young kid, maybe eighteen, high school, late grade school. So I meet Vince Lloyd parked his car where the old McDonald's used to be. And there'd be nobody at the game. So I'd stand around over there and he'd come out. Hey, Mike. He'd talk out the side of his mouth. The great Vince he Lloyd. Cigar? He had he a, a cigar. He had a cigar on one side and a lip over on the uh-huh. other side. And, I, and the Cubs would have lost another game, you know, 10 to 2. You know, George Mitterwald hit two solo home runs and they lose 10. And I'd get over and I say, hey, Vince is walking up to his car. His license plate VL 720, you know. And uh, he lived in Park Ridge. I said, hey, hey, Vince, how you doing? I said, rough game. He goes, Mike. I need a couple belts.
0: <laughs> you know, on the way on the way walking here to the station, I saw a couple guys that needed a couple belts. But That's a whole you, other story. You're
2: going to say you did walking over here.
0: No, uh, well, they needed belts, but that was a whole other story as they were pulling their pants up. But uh, you know, I don't want to get into uh, you know 2017, um, you know, <laughs> you know politics. No. Jeez. I love this show! I love this show!
2: Uh, okay, we're here every Saturday. Glad you're with us, 9 till noon. Let's get rolling. Lots to cover. Uh, oh, we we're, we're going to have, uh, right around the corner, one hour of solid uh, hot stove baseball just around the corner for one hour, Jesse Rogers and then uh, Scott Merkin. Jesse Rogers, I believe, in is uh, in the car driving on down to the winter meetings in Orlando. He said he'd phone in here early in the show. Scott Merkin over at uh, WhiteSox.com, MLB.com, the White Sox guy. Uh, Fred, uh, you and Scott can go at it. I will jump in. You, if Jesse and I, I want you to jump in. Because, uh, of course, uh, I'm Mike Murphy, the Cub fan from Lyons Township High School. LaGrange, Fred, of course, the White Sox fan from good old Martin East in well, Cicero. And, you
0: know, there was uh, I grew
2: there were, up
1: in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see
0: it. Uh, there were reports yesterday that it appears that Abreu's not going to go anywhere. But now that uh-huh. the Yankees are about to get Giancarlo Stanton... The Boston Red Sox need to make a move. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're willing to give something up. If they for have Jose anything left. Right. If they have anything uh, up, they're not going to give up Rafael Devers or Benintendi, I don't mm-hmm. think. So uh, the question is now, what do they do? Bring in a J.D. Martinez? Or mm-hmm. do they go after a guy like um, Oh Eric Hosmer? Somebody else? Mm-hmm. To bring in, they probably not uh, Hosmer because they like Bird too much. Mm-hmm. If he can ever stay healthy.
2: Well, here's our agenda for today. Glad you're with us. Phone now anytime if you wish to augment 32-3776. on the list of uh, things to do. Fred, uh, number one, uh, and I was in a good mood. So you just reminded me that Stanton it looks like not coming to the North Side. No. Uh, item number one, Cubs fans. It was fun. That's the topic. For the last uh, day and a half, last two days, penciling in your batting order and lineups with uh, Otani in uh, left and Stanton in right and Hayward with the uh, uh, Miami uh, uh, Marlins. And uh, it was fun for about a day or two. And uh, we'll dig into that with Jesse Rogers uh, just around the corner. And let's see. Oh, how about last night? A 15-game losing streak snapped. What? What are you talking about? Oh, I thought it was twenty. Well, the bear, I'm not counting the Bears, but oh, I'm okay. counting fifteen game. I'm counting the Bears losing streak. <laughs> well, that I know it's
0: that was a twenty game losing streak snapped.
2: Well, with the Bears, yeah. The, right. The Bulls had lost fifteen in a row. Ten. Black.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, Thank no, you. I'm screwing ten you up here. Yeah. No, you're
2: not. Uh, so the Bulls had lost 10 in a row. The Hawks had lost five in a row. They both won in overtime. OT victories last night. We'll cover that. Yeah,
0: all the big names scoring for uh, the Blackhawks yeah. yesterday uh, in the contest. Uh, DeBrinket, yeah. Wingles, and uh, Forsling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's nice that they brought Brandon Sott back. And I'm going to stick with my guns right. on that. Right. Because yeah. in, in case you missed it last night, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets got five. Five goals yesterday, and Artemi Panarin assisted on all five. No, I missed
2: that. Oh, yes, that's a better all-round player. All five?
0: Yeah, all five.
2: Well, you know, uh, uh, five is the magic number last night for the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, Gustav Forsling, as you mentioned there, uh, Fred, he scores the winning goal in overtime. Why is it fives were wild? Number one, he shot through the five hole. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Number two, There were five seconds left in OT before the shootout, 4.9 seconds. Uh, Five hole, five seconds remaining in overtime, and the five-game losing streak snapped by your uh, Blackhawks last night. Crawford in the nets uh, between the pipes, as they say, gets the uh, victory. And the Chicago Bulls, we'll try to get more in-depth with that later, but overtime victory. And uh, Miritich and Portis sort of reminded me, like, What's the? how's our show open there, Eric? We have the big voice guy. He's got something. And how does he? What does he say? To be, for our show, we go Murph and uh, he, uh, he Murph and Fred back together again. Right. Well, you know, get a hold of the big. Eric, can you do a big voice guy to fill in because our big voice guy doesn't work on
3: Saturday <clears throat> for the <clears throat> Bulls last night? What do you have? Muratich and Portis back together again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nicely done, big voice guy. EO eleven.
2: Well, they were. They both came in within a couple seconds of each other. Meritage came in first. By about 10 seconds, Uh then there was another break, and they brought in Portis. Now, watching the game on TV, I might have missed it, but I read some reports today. They did high-five at one point during the game. I don't know if it was on the court or coming in and out of the game, but uh, Casey Johnson reported that I didn't see it. Did you
0: see that there was also a situation last night where Bobby Portis was uh, shoved by a guy from Charlotte yes. and Portis was, like, starting to look at him? And uh-huh. I think all Portis had to say was, hey, see, Nico, that's what happens when you mess with me. Hey, you like then your... he walked away to the other side. <laughs> you like the... your face? Uh-huh. So, yeah, so the Bulls win. It was nice to see. They actually had a lead in regulation and let it get by, and you thought it was going to be another loss. but And I agree with what Fred Hoiberg said last night. The kids needed a win. So many Bulls fans were saying, well, it's nice. They played well. Now they can lose. No. You know what? These guys, and needed a win. Dunn needed a win. These guys needed a win. You can't keep losing every single day. They're going to lose enough on their own. But when you got an opportunity to get a win after you lose 10 in a row, you got to get a victory. You got to show that you can actually win. Have some fun. Have some enjoyment in that locker room. And I think they had it last night.
2: You know, you raise a great point. I thought we maybe get into it between now and noon. We can touch it right now about the Bulls fans. And why is it? And EO11, maybe uh, get your uh, age uh, demo in here also. Why is it that fans get mad when the Bears lose? But they're happy when the Bulls lose. Hey, great! The Bulls lost. I hope they go four and seventy-eight or whatever. Because right now they are checking in at four and twenty. Is it? They're pretty bad. Something like that.
0: Four and twenty is right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Why is it? Or is it twenty-one? Whatever. No, it's four and twenty. Yeah, okay. four and twenty is right. Thank you. So, E eleven, are you from the uh, demo camp that the Bulls should,
3: uh, you know, go four and uh, seventy-eight this year? It, I I think first off, tanking culture is is like my age, my culture. Everyone's on board. I know, I, and I, it's in vogue because of this Sixers team right now. Mm-hmm. I think I, I want them <laughs> to get the top pick, but it's right. it's not it can't be good for Laurie marketing to be losing game so after game so, after uh, game. Yeah, you're a lot right. of a lot of people your a
2: group like it. Uh, they want the uh, Bulls to lose every game. All right, that's fine. Yeah, and Philadelphia,
0: for all their talk, they're eighth in the Eastern Conference. But
2: the Bears, people are mad because the Bears, well, I hate to use the word suck. The Bears suck. So uh, people are mad when the Bears keep losing, but happy when the Bulls. I just want to make sure I have that right. Is that about right, fellas? Is that sort of in general what's happening
3: here? Well, yeah, I'd say the tide's turning a little bit at this point. People are like, "All right, let's just lose as a Bears, the Bears. fan." Yeah, mm-hmm. but for the most part, no, because it's it's a shorter season. People want to win more games. Miss a little, miss a lot. Did you guys hear a
2: caller? And the EO eleven, you pulled this one. So let's see, this would have uh, been a caller Thursday. That'd be two days ago, at nine twenty-six. And was this on uh, Cap and Company? Uh, yeah, mean? correct. All right. So, Fred, I know we can't listen twenty four seven to good old ESPN one thousand. Though you ought to, you can. If to. You, whatever
0: you miss, you can podcast. Listen right. to podcasts.
2: So a caller uh, is very upset about his beloved Bears, and the call, you know, about uh, a very good call, about a minute, minute and a half. To and then right at the very end, he throws something in this caller. I don't even remember what his name was. Did we happen to catch that? Eo, I do not remember. Right. I did pull this morning. That's I can't fine. remember. If, if, if you're listening, we apologize, caller. Good call. And he throws his at the very very end. it's only about four or five words just a little quickie i don't even know if the guys on here heard it or they're ready to break or they didn't have time to react because they were behind sometimes yes it's true sometimes we get a little behind in the clock on the wall so was the caller he throws us in at the very end of camp talking about his beloved bears it just sucks to suck there yeah. it is uh-huh there's the t-shirt There it is right there. What more would you want? It just sucks to suck. There's fans... The new T-shirt. And if you want to be the guy, you want to copyright it, go ahead and do it. Trademark it, whatever the legal word is. It's all yours. It's real
0: simple. You do it with a, a dark blue T-shirt with uh. orange writing or an orange T-shirt with blue writing. <laughs> so you don't use the bear's name. You uh-huh. just say, it yeah. sucks to suck. It just
1: sucks to
2: suck. Yep. And, of course, uh, Jesse Rogers. And uh, and I gave it to Jesse if he wants to uh, get the Cubs T-shirt on His uh, purview and uh, copyright it. Uh, this year if it happens it happens mm-hmm. we'll have uh an hour of hot stove baseball around the corner all right the cubs it was fun for two days making out the li- oh i had some great lineups fred
0: yeah i'll bet
2: Ohtani and left and stanton and right and then the uh uh bulls and the hawks they break that 15 game losing streak portis and meritage to get back together. Give me, big voice guy. How did, give me that one again.
3: Miritich and Portis, back together again.
2: <laughs>
3: All right, let's take they a They were
2: combined six for 11.
0: That's not that bad for 15 the, points. And the minutes were almost identical. If Four, not. Uh, 1454 to 1448, yeah. So Miritich, <laughs> he, has, uh, he played six, six more, more seconds. Six more seconds. Uh, so.
2: now, I didn't see the high five. I was doing a show last night, so I didn't see it. Casey Johnson reports this today in the Tribune. But what's interesting, Casey Johnson, I don't know if this is all the time now, he did not, the Tribune did not have a reporter Uh in Charlotte. The byline they used to call it, you know, no byline. And uh, he says in there, through his postgame, a little inside uh, radio, TV, newspaper, journalism, media, sports, right? He, He reports, quotes... Quotes from, uh, quotes from the head coach after the game were reported to be, quote, so he wasn't there, so he's quoting other people's quotes. I wonder if that's more of the new austerity. I remember about 20, 30 years ago, I said once, why, why do uh, the newspapers, which were gold, were ruled the world back right. then, I said, why do they send uh, beat reporters anywhere? Uh-huh. They go, what? I said, all you got to do is sit home and watch game on TV, and you can write up a story. Well, you got to be there to interact with the team and yeah, no. get the quotes and all that. So pull up Casey uh, uh, Johnson today, or if you still pick up the paper and fold it under your arm like old Murph does, and Fred, I know you do. You know, they didn't send him. Now, maybe it was a one-time quirk. You know, it could have been anything, but... Maybe that's the future. Well, not, they left at me thirty years ago. Of N- course,
0: NBC Sports Chicago is not sending uh, Vincent Goodwill on all the trips. Oh. He sometimes sits in the studio with Will Purdue mm-hmm. and Kendall Gill, and uh, it, it's it, to be honest with you, it's a wave of the future. I know that ESPN sure. uh, is uh, has been doing things where they've been doing play by play broadcasts with guys sitting in studios. Mm-hmm. Soccer's done it for decades. You just watch the soccer game on a TV studio, and you broadcast it to the rest of the world. And it's going to get that way. Think about it, really. Is there a reason for baseball announcers to be at a baseball game? That's the one that I think maybe there is because you got to know where the outfielders are and things like that, and it's tough sometimes. But for football, the the entire thing is on screen. You don't need to see anything else. You see what's on the screen. Pretty soon, no reason to send the announcers to the games.
2: And you can still have headphones on at home. Watching TV, or maybe you do it from the local studio, like a Len Casper. Yeah, and you still have your headphones on in the truck. You know, the director can still say, uh, "All right, uh, long shot now on the bullpen, go." You know, and you go, like, "Hey, we're take a look at the bullpen now." Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you don't have to be at the game now. A guy like Jesse Rogers, we need him. You know. A lot of times we just need him. We don't need him
0: at the game. We just need him in the locker room.
2: Oh, okay, better. yet. yeah. He doesn't have to be the game at all. Yeah, and, and mingling around at the team hotel on the yeah. road, you know, getting scoops, right? And, and expensing his, uh, no, his he's actually. Gonna,
0: I think he's actually going to be <laughs> in, in Arizona, and uh, he's going to have a chance to see Kyle Schwarber next week. So,
2: oh, the thinned down.
0: That's what I heard.
2: So what do you think about this? It all happens when you get skinny. Sometimes, uh, I think, exclusively reported with some pictures of uh, Kyle Schwarber working out in Arizona indoors, doing his weights and doing this and that, and a very svelte-looking Kyle Schwarber. Uh, They they either said down about 20 or estimated. I don't know if he would say, I'm down 20, but the estimates were down about 20. And uh, working on this, working on that. And then I always think about 12 months ago. When uh, Jay Hay, that would be your uh, uh, Jason Hayward, everybody. Not my
0: Jason Hayward. Was, I'm not taking credit. Working for on
2: the new swing.
0: I'm not taking ownership. Working on the new swing. Yeah, he's still working on it. Oh, screen. it's a continuing effort with the
2: hitting coach, uh, who's now bye bye
0: Maley, Mealy. Yeah, they're all they're all bye bye. Now you got Chili Davis. Now, speaking of which, I'd rather have Chili Davis coming to the plate. Cubs coaches. Now, at this age, Chili could play. Yeah, rather have Chili Davis coming to the plate now instead of Jason
2: Hayward. Switch hitter with gap pop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was good. So, did anyone see this little note that Gordy Wittenmeyer had uh, yesterday? Sometimes Cubs guy.
0: I actually read the whole article and missed this note that you're going to bring up. You know
2: what? So did I. Uh-huh. And uh a pal of mine. A nutty Cub fan like me said, did you see Gordy today, what he said? I go, oh, yeah, I, didn't, I read it all. He goes, did you see the thing about the... Uh, because si- it's like in the very last paragraph. Well, that's what writers do. Yeah. Writers bury... Well, I hate that phrase because it's not really the lead, but writers bury controversial nuggets. Mm-hmm. hmm Well, we dig
0: him up right here on ESPN 1000. So
2: the main story is about Chet Wood signing with the Cubs. We'll talk about that with Jesse. Got a hot stove hour right around the corner. Jesse Rogers, Cubs, Scott Merkin, White Sox. Want to get to some Bears stuff in a minute with your Fred. Anyway, here's what Gordo, as uh, his friends uh, call him. Gordo and I are okay now. He was very very mad at me about seven years ago when Uh he came here from Minnesota. And uh, I despised a Cubs player named Jock Jones. Yeah. remember? I jo- remember him well. Jock Jones, as I uh, uh, delicately uh, named him. And I guess uh, Gordo had followed him quite a bit in Minnesota with the Twins when he w- they were both up there and wasn't happy with me. But we worked that out. Gordy's terrific. Gordy, Paul Sullivan, Mark Gonzalez, Jesse, all the guys they do terrific. Bruce Miles are all terrific. So, EO11, you follow everything. You're a baseball man. You like to follow the... You guys react to this. All right. One paragraph. This is uh, saying, well, if the Cubs win the uh, Otani sweepstakes, which, of course, now we know they didn't, one of the uh, bonuses, besides his uh, small uh, minimum uh, pay, would be be much more, all right, financially feasible for the Cubs to put together a six-man deep rotation. All right, of competitive starters. All right, that's a little that's good news, but yeah. not earth shake. Yeah, uh, yes, right. a
0: six-man starting staff yeah. is only something you've been talking oh. about for a decade. Well, sure. If and not uh, more.
2: Mark Gonzalez mentions it today that yeah. they want to have or hope to have or seriously contemplate. Well, right now they only have four starters, but. Nevertheless, they always get that swing
0: guy, though. That Montgomery. Well, that right? would
2: be your seventh guy, in my opinion.
0: Okay. See.
2: We'll see if you're really going to go legit. Right. Legit six. Uh-huh. But that's not the story. There's one more sentence tacked onto the backside here. Oh, vote right now. The Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll for this half hour. It sucks to be a Bears fan, true or false? Very simple. Very simple. Vote at ESPN 1000. It just sucks to suck. I love that caller. Thursday with Caparoo. So vote right now, yes or no, true or false. It sucks to be a Bear fan, true or false. All right. Without further ado, here's Gordy Wittenmeyer. If the Cubs win the uh, Otani sweepstakes, yada yada, more feasible financially to go to what they want. You know, a six-man rotation of competitive starters. Something that fits Otani because he pitched once a week in Japan. Here. Something that Joe Madden, the six man, something that Joe Madden wanted to do much of last season. Parentheses. But it was resisted by since departed veterans and the pitching coach. End of parentheses. Let me read that and roll it by you again. Putting the names in. That he didn't think was, and I don't blame him. He wants I put the names in. Yeah. I'm saying it right now. If you understand what I'm saying, great. If you don't, fine. Keep reading. And I, I didn't even catch it, like you said, Fred, the first time. Gordon Wittenmeyer reported yesterday that Joe Madden wanted to incorporate a six man rotation last year, but it was resisted by pitching coach Chris Bazio. And veteran starting pitchers, John Lackey and Jake Arrieta. Now, again, I'm reading that into what he wrote, but that's what good writers do. Uh Oh, no, I never said your name, Jake. No, Uh, you
0: just said departed starters. No,
2: no, John Lackey, I never said, no, no, no. How many
0: departed starters are there?
2: Two. Uh. Departed starters. So think about this. Joe Madden wanted to go six-man last year. Well, what's the difference, Murph? It's a lot of difference. It gives your starting pitchers about, uh, what, seven, eight fewer starts a year. Stretches your arm out an extra day between starts. Makes you strong as an axe. Prevents injuries. You're all fresher. If you had the talent, I don't know who the six, it might have been uh, Montgomery. Like you said, they did.
0: Yeah, likely Montgomery. The
2: point is, if Joe wanted to do it, that means the analytic guys, Theo and Jed, signed off on it. 99%, 99%, I'm sure that's what happened. And Joe wanted to do it. And the pitching coach who works for the Cubs said no.
0: I can't believe that they'd allow the pitching coach to put the kibosh on it.
2: That's why he's gone. Yeah. That's why he's gone. Well, they, they also... If, oh, if, yeah, if, if Kyle jumped over to Mona's family, to this, to that... If, ah, Theo, if Theo and Jed and Joe
0: Madden were all behind it, I'm surprised it didn't happen. I don't care what the pitching... The pitching coach is is down a rung on the ladder. Of course. And and if you're the manager and you want something done and the pitching coach says no, you say, I'm sorry, who's got the bigger office? I do. We're doing the six-man rotation. You're the pitching coach. You figure it out. Well,
2: You're right. But here's what must have happened. I agree with you. So Arietta and Lackey said, oh, no, man. We got our system. We got our rhythm. We got our workout schedule. We pitch every five days. Well, there's
0: a reason for Arietta to say it, because Arietta doesn't want six or seven fewer starts. Well, that's because it's going to cost him
2: wins. It's going to
0: cost him wins. It's going to cost him, you know, ERA and things like that. He has a bad outing. He has a bad outing. He won't have as many games to catch up. So I I can understand why a pitcher, especially on his walk year. Uh, would not want right. to pitch less
2: personal pitch steps more. ahead of the team Yeah, Lackey for whatever reason he'll never, I don't think, be picked up maybe he will, who knows but what Basio did, he had to pick his battle I can back my guys and then go to Joe and they go, no, 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 my guys don't want to do it Yeah, or the pitching coach, who's now bye-bye Basio, could say to Ariadne and, and Lackey oh, no, 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 that's what they want to do that's what we're gonna do. So he picked his battle, and he's bye bye. And Joe Madden, I guess, figured, well, you know what? They, and Theo, well, let's uh, let's go with what they want to do. We don't want these, you know. It's very delicate. I'm with you, Fred. I got the bigger office. Here's what we're gonna yeah. do. But they never did it, did they?
0: No. So who won? Well, yeah, they did it what two or three times during the whole course of the year. But the
2: implicate, you're right. right. But the implication here is yeah. it was just not spot starts. Right. Right. So Otani would have been perfect. Of and then they still need one more. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do six now. They only got four. We'll talk about that with Jesse I've, Rogers. I brought
0: up yesterday. Could you imagine the worst scenario for the eight for the Los Angeles Angels? Hmm? Um, middle of May, fly ball, right center. There goes Otani and Trout. They both go after it. Oh, there's a collision. They're both down. Only you would say that. I know. I know. <laughs> but that's why I had to bring it up. <laughs> that, that's And Jesse and Carmen were talking earlier this week. It never made sense for Otani to, do to a National League team. I know he wants to play the outfield, but I would say, listen... Listen, youngster. We're going to put you as a DH because we want to keep you healthy for your next start. Oh, I
2: had the lineups all written yeah, out, Fred. Yeah, I had the rotation figured out. He would pitch on day one. Listen, with the outfielders the
0: Northsiders have had over the last couple of years, you don't. There's a good chance someone runs into somebody else.
2: Here's what it was going to be: six man. He'd pitched uh, uh, every seven days. You give him two days off after his start for his arm. Then you put him out in left field or right field. For two three days, give him another day or two off before his next start. And it all worked out. It was so much fun. And big Stanton out in right field. Let's bring in EO11. EO, the vote's coming in for our fan focus group twitter poll from nine o'clock and i give full credit to the caller thursday it just sucks to suck the bear fan said it sucks to suck our tell you what last chance to vote we're behind here we'll get the results from eo 11 when we return vote right now it sucks to be a bear fan True or false and i got some bear stuff for us when we return murph and fred back in a flash vote at espn 1000 mm-hmm. Effect is not affecting us. Everything's hopefully blown east. <laughs> For it, a is long de- time.
0: it is December, so it is going to snow. I was got in the elevator <laughs> yesterday, and someone said, are you, "Are you ready to go outside?" I go, "It's mm-hmm. December." Yeah, I got a coat, so I'm ready.
2: So, quick look last night. If you missed it, uh, the Blackhawks and the Bulls both win in overtime. They both helped snap a 15 game, uh, you know, United Center teams uh, losing streak. Hawks win an overtime 3-2, to as Fred had mentioned. The you get a shorthanded <coughs> goal a from,
0: from uh, Tommy Wingles, yep. and then you get Gustav Forsling scoring with just mm-hmm. five seconds left in overtime to get the victory.
2: Five-hole, five seconds remaining. Break the five-game losing streak. Chicago Bulls is back together again. Mirtich and uh, Portis. The Bulls win an overtime 119-111. to High scores for the Bulls. Uh, marking in with a nice game. 24 points, 12 boards. Well, the way it's supposed to
0: be. Marking in, mm-hmm. high score, followed by Chris Dunn. That's the way it's supposed to be. 24 yep.
2: and then 20. Uh, Lopez, uh, i tell you, Stacey King, he always says the same thing about Lopez. Why don't they give him more touches down low? He almost always seems to have the advantage. Yeah. Uh, you know, they never get it uh, in there. He's
0: great at positioning himself. He knows exactly yeah. where to go, how to do it, and uh, it, he's he's wonderful out there.
2: But how about our guy, Fred? And uh, let the record show. We've been on him from day one. Uh, David uh, Nawaba. Nawaba. Oh, yep. Nawaba. Played real well. What a fun guy to watch. Everyone loves him. Instant energy. And he, he, he always gets scratch marks in the assist category, the yep. rebound category, the points uh, category, rebounds, points, hustle assists. Hustle category, yeah. yeah hustle. I
0: mean... Six assists, or six rebounds, four assists. He's more than just a hustle guy, though. He blocked three shots.
2: But, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. And he's always first guy down, always around the ball, and he's more than a hustle guy, though. He can play tough underneath, He, he you know, when he's matched up properly. He's a, got a terrific game going. I don't yeah. know... I mean, he's going to force himself more and more minutes. I don't know. Yeah, how he played or a where. lot
0: yesterday. I know. He, he p- actually played.
2: Crunch time at the last minute or two they had him in.
0: Yeah, he's actually had the fifth highest minutes of the game for the Bulls last <laughs> you night. Don't, 32 really? minutes. I didn't yeah. see that. 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. He had done with 41, Holiday 38, mm-hmm. Lopez 42, and Marken in 33. Denzel Valentine played just 24, maybe about 25 minutes. He takes, I'd love to see him get better, but he takes some of the worst shots I've ever seen.
2: Hey, let's take a look at our uh, results from the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll from 9 o'clock. It was very simple after hearing the Bear fan call in Thursday on the cap show. It just sucks to suck. Question very simple. Does it suck to be a Bears fan, yes or no? It sucks to be a Bear fan, true or false. Eo 11, I'm very... Uh, interested. I have no idea where this went. I guess the definition of sucks can vary, so there's a lot of nebulous, you know, things, moving parts here, but it's just what was
3: the wrong numbers? What the fans say? Bears fans say. Okay, what do you got? It's eighty six percent to fourteen percent. Which one do you <laughs> think is the winner?
0: <laughs> eighty six would be sucks. I would think. Oh yeah,
3: eighty six percent believe it's true. It <laughs> sucks to be a Bears fan.
0: I tried to bring up the point on Monday yeah. that when you support a team, it's kind of like a marriage. You've got to support them through thick and thin. You've got to support them, um, you know, in good times and in bad. And uh, this is definitely a bad time right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people say, well, yeah. I'm not watching them until they ah, get good again. Well, ah. You know what? Then you're not much of a
2: fan. So Sorry, if, that was me that said it.
0: You're not much of a fan if you don't so watch
2: Fred, them. So, Fred, I guess you've uh, eavesdropped uh, with your eyeballs on the 930 Twitter poll question. Did not see it. Ah. All right. Vote right now at ESPN 1000. You are a Bears uh, fan. You are a Bears fan. A, you're a big fan fan but won't watch sunday b you're a big fan you will watch sunday c you're an average fan won't watch sunday the average fan will watch sunday all right okay. if that's too confusing i'll distill it down you are a bears big fan won't watch big fan will watch average fan won't watch average fan will watch all right vote right now at espn 1000 and uh, we'll have those results a little bit before uh, our baseball hot stove full hour, just around the corner, Jesse Rogers talking Cubs and Scott Merkin talking White Sox. Thanks, Eric. Good job. All right, Fred. I didn't think we'd revisit this topic again, and I know when I tell you what it is, you're going to go, thank goodness. Okay. Because every week you go, oh, no, not yep. again. But there's new material. Okay. It's fresh New ground right here to plow through. The Bears, again, win the coin flip last Sunday. Uh huh. I believe they have won something like 16 of their last 19 coin flips stretching back into last year. Okay. Including overtime, which is a no-brainer because you always take the ball in OT, right? Yeah. No one yet has ever kicked off winning the flip in OT, I don't think. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know if we're or not. Maybe. So the Bears, again, win the flip and again decide to defer or kick off. And as I always get irritated because it never seems to fail, the other team, we kick to them, 49ers, whoever, and they usually march the ball at least down a couple 10-yard first down drives somewhere near like the 40 or the, their own 40 or maybe even midfield and then they punt and they and they pin the bears back you know inside the 20 and there's trubisky trying to come out and get out from the 14 yard line first and 10 and i've said and fred you always have the right i mean you got all the and eo 11 so we're not gonna retread all that again but oh everything's all the reasons and they make sense you want to get the ball to start the second okay so now I look at last week's game, Fred, and same uh-huh. thing sort of happened. 49ers marched down the field to with the, the the kickoff by O'Donnell goes in the end zone, right? right. Touchback to the
0: twenty-five. He's kicking because uh, the, yeah. the, their other kicker got hurt in pregame,
2: or as TV says, he's on the sidelines. Uh, Santos trying to stretch out.
0: Yeah, he hurt his hamstring, and that's why he got put on the D- the IR now.
2: Hey, EO eleven, Fred. Does it? Does it? This is going to be a. a, a twitter poll today but it didn't make the cut does it bother you when a head coach or a manager in baseball or whatever sport doesn't know the names of all his players yes or no um not at a press conference it doesn't
0: because they got other things on their mind
2: eric uh, does it bother you when when uh, uh john fox called him uh, santos santos or whatever he oh called carlos him? whatever yeah
3: and it's, his name's Sergio or whatever. Got in the real, grand scheme of things, not important,
2: <laughs> but, yeah, it does kind of bother me. Right. It does. Let me just tell you something. My anecdotal experience, all right? Got nothing to base this on except what I know. I think you'd be shocked how often the manager of a baseball team, especially when the 40-man rolls around, you know, in September, or a couple of quick call-ups, got a couple of young kids, or basketball maybe is different because you don't have that big of right. a minor league roster, but and hockey, I, I, but I bet we'd all be shocked how often NFL head coaches across the board over time and major league baseball managers over time have no idea who that guy is. And they go, oh, that's the guy we just brought up, number 22. 22, go pinch yeah, hit. Yeah,
0: there's a reason that Buddy Ryan called everybody by numbers. But well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And Buddy Ryan did it. And then after he really liked you, then he'll okay. give you a name. So, but otherwise you, you were just the number. Hey, 76, get over here. And then finally, like hey, Michael, hey, Mago, get over <laughs> here. Yeah, you got him a nickname now.
2: Never knew his first or last name ever. Maybe, <laughs> but here, here's the thing. After time, you'll learn the guy's name if he's still there. It was poor timing. Not timings around. It was a a poor juxtaposition, if you will, for John Fox after that game to not know the first name of the field goal uh, kicker. I guess you yeah, know.
0: Listen, there's, we sit and talk for a living, and uh, there's not a day that goes by that we don't maybe mix up a name, uh, mix up a sport, sure. say the Philadelphia Phillies instead of the Eagles or the Flyers. Right. Uh, it, it happens to everybody if you're gonna talk all that and when you have the head coach of a football team who's just lost their fifth game in a row and he steps to the podium mm-hmm. and he misses a name um I'm sorry my opinion was uh, silly to to make fun of him and uh, but he opened open the door and, oh, yeah, and, you, know, I mean, and, you know what if you're winning nobody does it put that on tape if so, you're winning nobody cares.
2: Chatham and Richard wants to talk. Actually, it's Richard and Chatham on the South Side. Richard, Murph and Fred, good morning. What's going on, Murph? Fred, it's Rashad from the South Side. Oh, hey Rashad, on, sorry. Rashad. Yes, uh, sir. Hey, did they did no snow shovel needed this morning. Just a little dusting, right, buddy? I
1: think that was pretty I, I think that was pretty funny how you called me Richard, just like calling Carlos. You know what? Hey, that's though. right. I'm, hey, good for hey. your caller
2: of the show. Fred humor gets to come hey. over and eat all the food in your refrigerator. My guy, a couple of two cents or something. But let me tell you something. What I'm really peed off is for the fact that John
1: Fox tells me this culture up in Hallis Hall is a family. I think I know everybody in my media family's name. I mean, the kickers, the guy makes some kicks. I think everybody knew who Robbie Gold was. The problem is, the guy's not important. Who cares? He's a kicker. But come on, Fox. Don't sell me short.
0: <laughs> well, there are, there's not 53 people in your family, though, are there?
1: Uh, At yeah, barbecues, Absolutely. <laughs>
0: And you would think most of them have the same last name. So that would help a little bit, uh, you, know, you know, and you look at you look at what he's got to remember. This Cairo Santos, Santos see, there we go. This Cairo Santos is that kick- his name for sure. Yeah. Cairo oh. Santos. He came in, <laughs> he kicked for a week and then he gets hurt. So if I'm if I'm John Fox, I'm aggravated enough that the kicker we just brought in is yeah. hurt that I don't care if I say his name right or not.
2: Uh, hey, thanks for the call. Don't thanks be a stranger. It's good to hear from you, buddy. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. In fact, Fred, our own John Yurkovic. And actually Yurko. men,
0: and actually his name is pronounced Yurkovich. Yurkovich I'm
2: sorry. I, I you know say what? it wrong all the time. But here's the thing. Yeah, but you know what? Make it. fun of me. They should no. make fun of me. I, I it. say it wrong all the time. I've known his, how to pronounce uh-huh. his name since he's been playing, yep. you know what, 25 years uh-huh. ago. Uh-huh. But you never hear it anymore. It's Yurko, Yurko, Yurko. That's right. And so I really apologize. John, if you listen. I know your last name's got the ch on the end. Like Miritich, right? Exactly. Okay, same deal. Sorry, but Yurko's the best. I have a vault of sound bites of Yurko that I've never even had a chance to play in the air. But we're just talking about the kicker and the caller, and you were just saying, you know, okay, kickers, are they important? Here's what Yurko said about, what was this, maybe three, four weeks ago. Here, I got cut five.
0: My preference would be in the NFL that your kicker has to play a position. Oh, uh, there you go. That'd be great. And a punter has to play a position. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you know, back in the day, they did. I mean, Lou Groza, one of the great kickers. Oh, sure. They got the award named after him. Back the Groza in the day? Award. He played ah. a position. Tackle. Uh, Offensive tackle. George Blanda, who was a quarterback, yeah. and also played a position as a kicker. They all played um, a position. Mongo could kick. Yes. Uh, I think he actually kicked off a couple times. He played a position. So why shouldn't your kicker play a position?
2: Hey, they used to only have 33 men on the roster in the NFL. And the only way you could make the team was if you played a position. Then they'd find the best kicker and the best punter on yeah. the roster. Yeah, Like you just mentioned. The Bears had Bobby Jenks. He was a wide receiver. He was the field. Roger LeClaire was a defensive tackle, middle linebacker. He was the field now, I think you made a mistake
0: there. You said Bobby Jenks. He was a reliever. A reliever. No, that was his name. Bobby was J- Jenks, J e n k
2: s, not the reliever for the White no, Sox. No, 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 Bob Jen. <laughs> okay. I were called him Bobby. That was okay. my. So I had the right name, first name, unlike there the coach. Go. There you go. Hey, when we return, I want to put some new interesting wrinkles on the automatically deferring. If you win the coin toss to uh, start the game, by the, the the one thing, if yeah. the
0: defense makes a stop, then everything works out fine.
2: Well, yeah. Three and out,
0: then everything works great. Well,
2: that's what John Fox tries to tell Patrick Finley, and and we'll unravel that pretzel when we return. An entire hour, hot stove baseball coming up at 10 a.m. Jesse Cubs, Scott Merkin, White Sox. Last chance, vote right now. You are a big Bears fan. A big fan won't watch Sunday. Big fan will watch Sunday. Average fan won't watch Sunday. Average fan will watch Sunday. Need your votes? Vote right now. Back in a flash at ESPN 1000. (laughs) Hope you're having a great Saturday. Murph and Fred, Saturday's 9 till noon. One solid hour of hot stove baseball right around the corner. Jesse Rogers talking Cubs, Scott Merkin talking Sox. Let's get back to our topic of. Uh, I, I know, I know, every week, but there's always new no material, Fred. Always, the Bears always win to flip, coin flip to start the game. Always win. Yeah,
0: and, and 15 out of 18, it's unbelievable. They should go to Vegas and do this. Yeah, I, but again, I wish someone would put this down because they yeah. don't get to call it every time. Done. Sometimes the other team calls it,
2: so. Well, the visitors always call it, no? No. I think so.
3: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, O A team always gets the pick. All
2: yeah, right. but regardless, they still win the flip, even if it's nothing to do with last that. Last week's game was a home
0: game, yeah. so the, so what happened was j the, the 49ers right. lost the the coin right. toss.
2: But if you if you put the hundred dollars on uh, red and they roll the roulette wheel and uh,
0: when green it, comes up, then you're all screwed. <laughs> okay, there's nothing worse than Everything's that. Everything's fine until I the, hate green. I hate
2: the zero and the double zero.
0: Who came up with that? Oh my god, the guy.
2: It started casinos. Did you know in the fr- in said, no, we don't want to break even.
0: And they have French <laughs> roulette and they only have one. They only have one the uh. zero. They don't have the zero and the double zero. So then I think it came to this country and they said, Listen, we need to screw people even more.
2: So we're and we another uh, double zero. Two out of uh thirty eight, which yeah. is about one out of nineteen. Yeah. So every nineteen spins, they collect everything. Okay, that's all you gotta have. Right,
0: I've never seen so
2: many 5% chance of the casino Every 5% of the money they take home
0: Never seen so many people groan When a a zero comes (laughs) up
2: So the Bears again uh, Kick off to start the game They had the uh, choice And as we quickly mentioned earlier The 49ers marched down the field uh, To the about the uh, 15 uh, 14 13 yard line whatever it is 34 yard chip shot Field goal for the 49ers to put them up 3 to nothing early in the game. Uh-huh. All right. Now, they kick off to the end of the end zone. The Bears get the ball at their own 25. And uh, we got a run for three yards, a run uh, for minus one, third and eight, sacked. You punt the ball. The 49ers, now they get the ball back at their uh, own 41. Luckily for the Bears, wasn't really a, a Interception takeaway. It was a takeaway, but not really, a, to me, an interception. It was a strip in the ball. Right.
0: They called it an interception, yeah. but yeah.
2: Technically it was, but it was Fuller a good job
0: from Fuller. P-
2: p- takes away. Or they'd have been down. They're already down almost into field goal range just on the return of the field change. Anyway, I wasn't going to bring it up anymore until I see what uh, Patrick Finley wrote last night. Third quarter, he says. What's with the third quarter? Because part of the reason, Fred and and Eric, is is when you defer, then you have uh, the whole first half to learn what the other team's uh, defense is doing. And theoretically, right, fellas, one of the reasons that it it, it really took over was, we'll come out then, we get the ball, to start the third quarter. Maybe there's a two for one, but that's only 50% of the time. But we get the ball, and our offensive uh, coordinator should come out smoking, because we've seen... 30 minutes, half the game of the uh, defenses they're putting out there. So we should have a great opening drive. Uh, isn't that one of the many reasons? And I mean, it makes sense on paper.
0: Well, the, the two bowl teams are going to make the adjustments. I think the biggest reason mm. is the two for one. And uh, the problem but that's is. that's
2: only half the time.
0: It's it's not necessarily half the time. Well, it's, it, it's, well, it's got to be. No, it, it doesn't. It could happen more than half the time.
2: Well, it could. Yeah. I mean. Isn't it, this like, uh, the, like the roulette wheel? It's either red or black, and it's half the time. Anyway. So you think that you get the two for one more than half the time? Well, again,
0: we'd have to go and do the research, it's but there's a chance be. there's a chance for you to score and then and then you know get the ball again. There's no other time in a football game where you can score on back to back possessions without having the other team get the ball.
2: No other time can you do that. Hey, we need a tiebreaker. EO Eleven, I know you're a numbers math whiz. At least uh, right now you are. Do you think it's uh, around fifty-fifty that you get the two-for-one at the end of the half uh,
3: if you're if you're receiving, then to start the second half? I feel like it has to be close, but it could sway one way or the other. Well, I know Because it feels like the New England Patriots do it every single damn game. So, like, there's teams that they do it every time. So they, they, actually, like. they, they actually take advantage of They actually clock manage. Yeah, exactly. Five, they they manipulate the to clock in and, order to make it. To so get late, the in the, late
2: in the first half, Belichick might be already thinking with eight minutes to go in the first half, I'm going to maneuver our timeouts or our possession so that we have the ball. I guess you well, can do that. The,
0: here's what happened in the second quarter of the Bears game.
2: Second half or second? Quarter. Second quarter. Oh, I'm the, sorry. Gotcha. gotcha. The,
0: the Niners got the ball with 549 to go. Okay. Okay. There was a, a second and five, they get a first down. Then mm-hmm. they get a, another first down and another first down and another first down. All of a sudden they're at the Bears 31. Mm-hmm. Now all they had to do was make a stop there. Then the mm-hmm. Bears would have had the ball mm-hmm. and then been able to score yes. or make sure San Francisco didn't and then go to half knowing that they get the ball to start the second half. Mm -hmm. So your defense needs to stop somebody, and unfortunately, they were not stopping Jimmy Garoppolo, who threw for almost 300 yards. Well,
2: they kick a field goal with about uh, 29 seconds twenty nine thirty 29, 30 seconds remaining. Uh, They kick off to Cohen, takes the knee five yards back. They run one play. The Bears, uh, with 25 seconds to go, and they decide to run Cohen. He picks up five, and then they don't use one of their two timeouts and a half ends. So technically, the Bears did have the two for one there. They had the ball for one play. Yeah, one play. And So, technically, they got their two for one. I am
0: surprised he didn't kneel down. They were going to get
2: booed no matter what anyway. Well, we're going to actually talk about that in the 11 o'clock hour, this uh, sequence. Now, so here's what uh, Finley wrote today in the Sun-Times. The Bears' offense has scored one touchdown in the entire third quarters all year. A 27-yard pass from Mitch Trubisky to Deion Sims in Week 6. They've totaled only 20 points uh in the entire uh third quarter uh in the other in the other three quarters are averaging 57 so they got a lot of field goals i guess in the third quarter here we go meat and potatoes offensive coordinator Don Loggins says there hasn't been a common thread i wish there were a bigger answer a blame poor execution now here fox says it's had to be at a presser press conference fox says he has not been tempted to take the ball in the first quarter to start the game when they win the coin flip. The Bears have scored only 35 points in the first quarter. Quote, I think our defense has been a little bit more consistent, so we'd rather start with them on the field. All right. Let me ask you this. Don't most people say that uh, Tariq Cohen is the Bears' biggest weapon? I think our defense has been more consistent than our offense. Okay, probably can't argue with that, Fox said. We'd rather start the game with them on the field. You know, in other words, like deferring and kicking off. Me, Maybe you'd rather have the ball going to Cohen, or maybe not. We'll get back to that. I can't well, argue the problem, with you, Fred. The, the
0: problem is the majority of the kicks go into the end zone, uh, so it doesn't really matter. And if they're, if they're smart, and mm-hmm. it seems like they're getting smart. And I watch football. Uh, some of these um, primetime games, they were all uh, ball caught in the end zone. Take a knee. They're all getting smart, finally. Mm -hmm. Take the wall to 25 instead of wasting your time and energy, trying to run it out and maybe get past the 25.
2: We'll cover that sequence in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, I'm going to uh, try to turn Fred around on uh, a little nuance of... Whether you what, take the ball, uh, knee, uh, when you receive the kick in the uh, end zone, take it out to the 25 or run it Good back. Good luck. I might be able to. I don't think so. EO said I might be able to turn it around in this
0: one. There's we only have- one person that I would I would let run out of the end zone. <laughs> That's the great Gale Sayers.
2: <laughs> Baseball next, and we'll have the uh, results. What's the results of our Twitter poll? If you want to wait till after the break, we're behind Jesse phoning in, or what do we have for 930? You're a Big Bears fan. You will watch. You won't watch Sunday uh, C or D, you're an average Bears fan, will watch, won't watch on Sunday.
3: Why'd they come up with, Eric? I right, we'll go bottom top. 8% says they're an average fan but won't watch. 15% says they're an average fan and will watch. says they're a big fan but won't watch, and 53% says they're a big fan and will watch. There we go. I know it sucks to be a Bears fan, but over half of
2: uh, the respondees said they'll be watching, and 50% uh, plus of the big Bears fans, uh, I know, it's tough. It just sucks to suck. Back in a flash, baseball next, it's ESPN 1000. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, Welcome back, everybody. One minute away from Hot Stove Baseball. Jesse's going to phone in. He's on the road, heading down to Orlando. Then Scott Merton's going to phone in, talking White Sox later this hour, also. Lots to cover. Jesse's on the one minute away from Jesse Rogers. All right, vote right now. Here's the Murph and Fred Focus Group Twitter poll for this half hour. Will Jason Hayward still be with the Cubs on opening day? A. Yes, they're stuck with him. B. Hopefully not. (laughs) C. He's got to go at all costs. No, not you, Jesse. Let's say hello to the traveling man. It's Jesse Rogers now on ESPN 1000 with Murph and Fred. Hey, no doubt about it. It's Jesse. Hello, buddy. Good morning, boys. How we doing? Hey, Jess. Jesse, I heard all... Fine, thank you. Heard all your sagas this week. And uh, you're, you're a good son. Gonna drive uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Rogers, Mrs. Rogers' mom and dad's car down to Florida where they're uh, hanging out during the cold weather. and And they wanted to fly down. So the little guy said... I'll drive the car down. Now, see, I listen all, I listen 24-7. <laughs> Even when I sleep, I listen. I hear you on Friday. I hear you on the shows. And, and then, yeah, you say, I'm going to leave Friday. So I'm thinking, well, you know what? It takes more than a day. So right now, Jesse, a uh, quick question. Don't say any more than yes or no, please. Are you driving in the car beep beep right now? Yes or no?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm pulled over. Oh, no, no, no. Time. Right. All
2: right. Right. Oh, okay.
1: by,
0: by,
2: by choice, not by a uh, officer, right? <laughs> yeah, by choice, he got pulled over <laughs> yeah. by himself. i got to do the darn thing with Murphy. No, no, Jesse's the best, but he's always there for us. So I want to play a little game. EO 11, Fred Hubner, and Murph, we're going to guess where's Jesse at right now. Now, we can just guess, like, the state, or if you want to narrow it down, like a tiebreaker, like what's the nearest big city he just passed or is coming up on. All we need is a hint. Because I don't think you're driving straight through. I think you can stay at the uh, Red Lodge, uh, best $7 a night uh, joint over off the side. When did you break camp out of uh, Chicago, roughly?
1: Yeah, it wasn't yesterday. It was first thing this morning. I won't give you a time. I'll just say. First thing oh, this morning, so use okay, that as your date. Right.
2: You were going to leave on Friday, I thought. Okay, but whatever. Yeah, I changed my mind after uh, hosting. Right. I
1: needed a, I needed a full night of sleep. You know,
2: okay. three hours of work is tough. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I think then we got oh, we got to change up the... It can't just be what yeah. state we're going to ask. Be,
0: well, it could be. It, it city. Could go, yeah. City.
2: Go with city. No, no, go no. With we with want it. to narrow it down, because I thought if he left, it'd be how to... All right, uh, right. EO11, e- uh, you can start us off, because well, uh, I have no idea now what I'm going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> I will
3: say he is an hour north of Nashville. All right. That's pretty far. Mm. All right. That's pretty that's, far. But that's good. That's good. Friend. I'm going to
0: say he's just passing Elizabethtown, which is... New Jersey? No, it's uh, <laughs> just in Kentucky, I think. Uh, just into Kentucky, not too far. Just
2: in Kentucky was my radio name when I did a yeah. uh, country and western hillbilly show in college.
0: Yeah, he's not quite to Bowling Green, mm-hmm. uh, so it's probably a couple hours away from uh, right. uh from uh, Nashville.
2: I don't even know the route and how you get to Florida. Well, there's three gonna, different ways. I'm well, looking was, at Expedia all right, right, all right now. Right, yeah, right, I'm cheating. Okay, you're, no, you're not cheating. You're just smarter than. Uh, okay, <laughs> Jesse. Do you take 57? I'm going to say too j- far away. Jesse's halfway between the uh, wind the wind farm in Rensselaer and Indianapolis.
1: Uh, Murph winds. He's ah. the closest. I'm, I'm very close to Indianapolis. There and, you go. Uh, I mean, I, I did leave first thing, but it was snowing, mm-hmm. and there's more traffic on the roads on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. in December than you might think. Yeah. Between traffic and snow, I, didn't, I haven't been going that far, so. Near Indianapolis, Murph's the winner.
3: All right,
2: you went through Rensselaer, though <laughs> the, the uh, energy, uh, uh, lovely wind farms, yep. which look like an episode from The Twilight Zone, especially when it's early dawn. Like you pass them and we go, "Oh well, my, we're being invaded." It's sort of weird, isn't it? I, I always pass them, and I'm like,
1: I hope they work. Like I hope that they, <laughs> they they do, they actually do something instead okay. of it's going. You know, I, I assume they do, mm-hmm. but they come out of nowhere. Yeah. You pass them, and you don't see you don't see these wind farms again. So they're just in that area in Indiana, and that's it. So yeah. it is kind of weird. There's
2: right. hundreds of them, hundreds it, of them. It a yeah. great, it's
0: a great yep. route for those people who drive to Florida. Yeah. You go through Nashville, you go through Atlanta. I mean, you can go through all these towns yep. on the way to Orlando. It's it's pretty cool.
2: It's right. a fun trip. Let's talk. To, by the way, if it's over 42 miles per hour, they shut them off. Did you know that? Because if the wind's more than 42 miles an hour, it's dangerous. Just Google up uh, uh, Danish Wind Farm Catastrophe. Yeah, we see. Uh, yeah, if you never want to look at Like a year or so ago. That, that then you, got you go real fast there. past those things as they're flying through the air when it was too windy once in Denmark. All right, Jesse, here we go. Little Cubs talk Sox Talk right around the corner with Scott Merkin. Jesse, for the last 48 hours, I've been making these great batting orders lineups. I had Otani in left, and I got Stanton in <laughs> right, and I got them batting like a third, and a, a I actually had Brian Six, four, and five—the new guys. Three and the Bryant. Oh, it was so. M- wasn't it fun for two days to pencil both of them in? What happened?
1: Well, just think—we're what we're doing, penciling them in, knowing that it was probably <laughs> long shot. Think about the Giants—they really were finalists for both guys. Get rejected by both of them. I mean, Stanton wanted no part of them, obviously. I think Otani did because they were finalists. Hmm. So, I mean, the Giant fans really have to be upset. Yeah, you know. Penciling them in made a lot more sense than we did. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, Otani ending up where he did did not surprise me. As, m- as little as we knew about him, Murph and Fred, if you recall at the GM meetings I mentioned this, we were hearing West Coast, and I never thought the NL was really in play. Even though you can make a case for an NL team, I I, I talked to enough GMs where they said, you needed that DH flexibility. So seeing him in L.A., Angels, I should say, and or Seattle made so much sense to me. Oh. Now the Stan thing I mm-hmm. think was a surprise because the Giants, San Francisco, that's a good baseball town, not far from his hometown of LA. Uh but it's good news for the Cubs. They're both out of the National League.
0: Well Yeah, exactly. Jess, when it first started, did you think that the Cubs would end up with one, both, or neither?
1: Oh, neither. Okay, I, I mean, neither. I, I, I just think this stand Stan because of the monetary Considerations: the fact that they really don't need power as much as you would. I mean, maybe the Yankees really don't need power either. You're not going to say no to him, but I just I, I felt the monetary uh, commitment just wouldn't fit the flexibility they want, especially with the money they're going to spend on pitching and maybe even Bryce Harper. Um, of course, that's going to be a monetary commitment as well. Otani, I just I was surprised they were even a finalist. So maybe once we heard Stanton had narrowed it down to four teams, it made some sense. But I never thought Otani was going to be with the Cubs.
2: In case anyone's just joining in uh, and hadn't heard. It's not official yet, fellas, correct, but Stanton's rumored very uh, close to, uh, they're making a deal with the Yankees and the Marlins. Uh, Money, of course, flipping back and forth. He's owed $300 million over the next 10 years. It's amazing to me that the new owners, and uh, Jeter, I think, was just like a minority, you know, 5% or something, that MLB, and that's a long discussion here, fellas, but that MLB allowed this ownership group to purchase the Marlins, but now it turns out they don't have any money, Jesse. Well, you know... Doesn't make it,
1: sense. It, I'll tell you, both situations don't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how we how they deal with international players like an Otani, just very strange. Yeah. That's why you hear the stories about investigating yeah. the under the table stuff. And yes, I mean now you're seeing the Marlins for like the fourth time in their existence dump salary. Right? I mean, Davey Martinez has walked into the ideal situation in the NL East. He's got it made. Now he's got another team that's going to be a you know a seller dweller there. That they can beat up on the NL Central and NL West are two good divisions, in my opinion. Uh, where the NL East, Dave Martinez, the Nationals is going to walk to another division title. But yeah, it's, it's a sad situation. They buy the team. Yeah, the Fernandez death death was unfortunate, but you know you sign this guy and all, a, a year later you're right. trading him. And, of course,
2: the, 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 the rich get richer in, in uh, the Yankees. Jesse him. with us uh, heading through uh, Indianapolis soon, heading down to the winter meetings. You'll hear from Jesse here on ESPN 1000 down in Orlando. All right, uh, old expression, bird in the hand's worth two in the bush. Everyone's assuming, oh, good, Harper's coming to the Cubs in exactly 12 <laughs> months. Well, you know what? I like the bird in the hand. Uh, uh, not Mar- Marlin Bird. Remember that bust out that ran around <laughs> like he was important with the Cubs? But, uh, the bird in the hand. Who's, who knows, fellas, that Harper's coming to the Cubs next year? That's really why, I said, come on, you got him, you got maybe the Stanton thing. I don't know why they couldn't have worked out something with Stanton right now. Uh, uh Jason Hayward, uh, they wanted, uh, uh, Stalin Castro supposed to be going Yankees in the deal. We got Russell here, Addison Russell, you know, comparable type guys, you know, give or take. I know it's money's different, but Jesse, what would you say the odds are of Harper being a Cub 12 months from today. You know, roughly. Who All right. knows? Well, Who knows? I'd
1: say they're, de- they're decent because there's only a few teams mm-hmm. that could afford them, and the Cubs will be one of them. Well, you just said and the Cubs better.
2: couldn't afford Stanton in
1: no. so many words. Well, let, me, let, me, let me finish. You're right. I did say that. And, and what I didn't say is mm-hmm. what I say right now, sure. and that is Harper is a different player than Stanton. Stanton is home run or strikeout. The Cubs have plenty of that. Harper's on base. Harper is a little bit different dynamic mm-hmm. of a player. Mm-hmm. Probably a you know, better fielder um, that could move they could put Harper in center for all we know or move Hayward to center and Harper in right. Mm-hmm. I think he's a different different player, but I I agree that this is no slam dunk partly because of what it does to your payroll. Let's not forget pitching is still the name of the game. The Cubs need to stay flexible in their payroll because they're going to have to go through several different uh, rotations over the next few years to stay competitive. Lester's going to be in the second half of his contract. Um, I mean, Tyler Chatwood is not necessarily a Cy Young candidate. They need to stay flexible to keep up on the on the mound. That doesn't mean you don't go after Harper because maybe you can hit your way to a title. Hmm. But don't forget how important pitching is, and it's a little, it's a little scary these days compared to the last couple years where they had a really good five-man
2: rotation. Money, 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 of course, always rules everything. We know that. There are uh, sort of artificial uh, constraints now. I guess they're not artificial. They're real. If you spend too much money two years in a row, then you get taxed, and then you can lose draft picks, yada, yada, cow jumps over the moon. But let me (laughs) ask you this, Jesse. Have you heard anything about what Crane Kenny and Tom Ricketts are expecting from TV revenue when it's their Mm -hmm. own baby. Everyone's talking, oh, the TV contract's coming, oh, the TV contract's coming. Well, yeah, not to get bogged down, but their deals will soon be wiping out for TV, and then they, you know, maybe we do our own network, maybe we cut a new deal with NBC Comcast where, you know, we benefit more, maybe we bring Root TV in from out of town or whatever, Jesse, I've heard some unbelievable numbers from some people that I think have good inside sources. Have you heard anything about what the Cubs are hoping for or want to test the water on for per year fees for a Cub fan sitting at home, want to watch their beloved uh, team from home uh, when it comes up big? I have not
1: heard specific numbers, but I will tell you what I have heard. I've heard that Cubs net is less likely than more likely, you know, their own network. Um, there's another uh, layer to this as well. ESPN is getting into the regional sports network business, uh, right? The rumor is they're going to buy right. the regional Fox sports stuff. Now, the, the Chicago doesn't have a regional Fox, but they could create one. Sure. And there could be a little bit of a bidding war between ESPN local mm-hmm. and Comcast local. I will say that the Cubs are going to make a lot more next time around especially if they go to one network like Comcast or a regional ESPN. WGN is going to be over, right? ABC, I hope it stays because it helps me out, (laughs) is probably going to be over. So if the Cubs end up on Comcast 162 minus the national games, they're going to make a lot more money. Same thing if they're in a regional ESPN network. That's what I know, Murph, but I don't know specifics. Okay. Um, know that
2: it's right.
1: not a Cubs, Cubs net is not necessarily a foregone conclusion yeah, but, like it was a few years ago.
2: But I would say that's a that 1% chance. Why? Big companies like the Cubs, they are risk they have risk aversion. They, why yes. would they want to be the ones that have to hire the the you know sales staff, the uh, announcing staff, the uh, engineering staff, all that stuff? They don't want to. They want a fixed number coming in and let the guy that bought the package, be it whoever you just mentioned, let them have their risk. Who we got to get out and sell it and make money? That being said, here is what I've heard. I've heard that they are kicking around in their heads, maybe delusional heads, a thousand dollars a year to see the cubs and they're hoping if that's too high 500 yes i just said that they were looking at a number of a thousand dollars a year that to, to charge a, a retiree that lives to watch his cubs i know you know the tough world out there they, they got the whole, they got balls in their court and 500 is like well that's where we really you know if it has to go low that's a lot of money but maybe they think they can get it
1: That'd be quite something. Uh, You're right. I mean, you always start high, and then you sort of come down from there. Um, That'd be quite something. But either way, they're going to make a good buck compared to what they're doing now, right? Uh, Splitting it up between the three is not their best formula. Whatever they do, they're going to make X amount more than they are now, and that should go back into the payroll. So we all know they're going to have more money now, I mean, moving forward than they do now as they get this thing set up between the renovation at Wrigley Field and either their own network or a more streamlined, you know, 162-minus national games on, on NBC Sports Chicago right. or another okay, another no, network.
0: But you look at it really quickly. If, in fact, they did that, I just looked, it, you figure it would be about 150 games because there are national games. I'm not sure how many there are. So if you took 1,000 yep. and divided it by, it's only $6.70 a game. That's the that's the way they
1: would go. Are that's the, the way uh, they'll go. And, uh, and, and let me say this about the network. Um, penis. You, really need a win, you really need a winter sport. to to have your own baseball network. Sure, they're not doing that. There's no way. There's too much risk. So
2: just forget that. Visiting with Jesse Rogers on his way to the winter meet. A couple more minutes as uh, Jesse's going uh, exact speed limit right now because he doesn't want his dad. No, no, he's pulled over. No, no. Oh, that's right. But (laughs) he won't speak because otherwise the ticket goes to dad and then Jesse will really be in a pickle.
0: (laughs) You're always afraid of <laughs> let, dad. No Jesse, matter how old you are, you're always afraid of dad. Jesse
2: left the Ram Ford at home, so RAV4's, where's Jesse? All right, now, <laughs> Jesse, let's get serious. Fred, we talked about this uh, a little earlier. Gordon Wittenmeyer, I don't know if you reported this yet, but I'm sure you're in on this with also uh, Mark Gonzalez. Uh, people are now starting to say that Joe Madden this year is desiring... A six man rotation starting pitchers. We uh, won't rehash what the needs are, what the reasons are more rest, fewer starts, and your healthier pitchers. But here's what caught our eye. This was, uh, and uh, Jesse, I didn't get your slant on it yet. That's why I wanted to ask you. But Gordon Whitmire yep. uh, yesterday says that let me read it word for word so I don't even paraphrase uh, uh, the six man rotation that Joe Madden wanted to employ much of last season was resisted by the since-departed pitching coach... And since departed, veterans read that starting pictures. So what Gordy wrote here, and uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious what he wrote, and nothing wrong in journalism or what you guys do for a living, Jesse, to let the reader figure it out. You don't always have to put the names down. I understand that. Yeah. But, you know, let's just assume, and that's what I'm doing here, I'm going to assume that what Gordon Wittenmeyer is saying in, uh, in so many words in print yesterday that Joe Madden wanted to employ... The six-man rotation, uh, much of last season, and it was resisted by... Now, this is me talking. Now departed pitching coach, uh, Basio, Chris Basio. And it was, uh, resisted by starting pitchers, Jake Arietta and John Lackey. Fred and I kicked this around a little bit. Not necessarily is that true or not, but do you think guys like Lackey and, uh, Arietta would be, uh, you know, looking at it from their own point of view? And why did Basio side with them? Or is this just speculation?
1: No, oh, no, no. I mean, I, I, I don't I, I, don't even think that's – I wouldn't even call it an open secret. I think it, it's, a, it's common knowledge. You're talking about veteran, old-school type of pitchers. One of uh, – two of them, because uh, I would include Lester in that as well, two of them are free agents. Free agents don't want to make 26 starts. They want to make 32 starts. And plus, those are three competitive guys as well. If, if that was going to be Lackey's last year, he doesn't want to wait an extra day to pitch. So, to me, this is no secret. None of those guys – and Bozio is going to defer to his veterans. I mean, he's going to take their cue and go to Joe on that. Now, what is what would be newsy, and I don't know if it's true, is when you when 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 they say whoever wrote it, you know, much of the year. I I never got any uh, sense that from day one Joe Madden wanted a six man rotation, more like post All Star break. And by the way, if you have if you want a six man rotation, guys, you better have six good pitchers. Exactly. You know, these it's not easy to find five, especially. You know, in the last couple years, uh, the year when Hamill was there, they had a really good five, so so whatever. But, I mean, a lot of people, and I'm included, like Montgomery in the bullpen, they don't have five right now. They didn't have five last year with the way Brett Anderson pitched early on. All right, they got four right right now. I would agree agree that the old school guys ate the six-man
2: rotation. That was no
1: secret. But but, but I, I would disagree that Madden wanted it much of the year.
2: All right, but let's say Madden wanted it sometime or on occasion. And uh, Fred Knight d- uh, dusted uh, this a little bit in the first hour. So Joe can't say and Theo can't say this is what we're doing?
1: I think what would happen and w- uh, what did and, and what did happen the times they went to the six-man mm-hmm. is, Murph, you do it without even declaring it. You don't hold a press conference and say, we're going to six men. You kind of just subtly do it. Oh, we're going to move Leicester a day here. We're going to add Montgomery there. And then coming out of the all-star break, we're gonna just roll six for one turn, and oh, and you know we're gonna roll it again for a second turn. You know what I'm saying? You 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 do it, but you don't have to uh, uh, make it an open thing where less right. guys are up. Sure. Okay.
2: Short-term,
1: yeah. Thing, and and that's how you do it. I don't think anybody's thinking of a six-man rotation from April 1st, though. I just don't. All
2: right. Hey, uh, we're up against the clock. You know what time it is yep. now? The lightning round. Yeah. Jesse, does, I thought we were done.
0: Yeah, I had my car turned
1: I love again. the lightning round. I
2: love the lightning round. <laughs> All right. Number one, Jesse Rogers. Our Twitter poll right now. Will Jason Hayward still be with the Cubs on opening day? What say you? Yes,
1: he will be. He absolutely, I'm not going to say absolutely will be, because I think they'd like to unload the contract, but I, I think he will be.
2: All right. Lightning round next. As it stands today, the Cubs' leadoff hitter is going to be Albert Almora next year.
1: Boy, boy, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to say Mm -hmm. part-time. Part-time. I think against lefties, it makes all the sense in the world. I think there's still, you know, some on-base in Ben Zobris left in him. So you might see that happen, a Zobris-Almora kind of platoon, unless someone else emerges. Does
0: that get you excited?
2: Lightning round. Next for Jesse. Everything's gets us excited, Fred. You know that. You got your socks coming up in a minute with Scott Merkin. Uh, By
0: the way, I like Almora, but you know he's he's only gonna he's only gonna lead up what thirty percent of the time.
2: I don't know. I'm I, looking I, this over. I, they don't have a leadoff. Video. No, I know they don't. I'm looking it over. Maybe they'll just skip it and play with one, start with one out all the time. Next, closer, ninth inning guy. It's going to be Wade Davis. Uh, Wade Davis' agent, I'm guessing, just waiting for the uh, numbers to shake out and say, here's our best offer, top it, and you got it. They're stuck. They got to sign Wade Davis, no?
1: Yeah, I know. I like that. I mean, they only spent $38 million on Chatwood. Now, here's the question. If that's the most they're going to spend on a starter, like they're – if the next starter is just some fifth guy for a one-year deal, $8 million or something, mm-hmm. then you have plenty of money for Wade Davis. That's the big question for me at the winter meetings. Are they going to sign another starter to a multi-year, multi-million, you know what I mean, kind of deal like Chatwood, $40 million or more? If that's the case, I don't know if they'd spend on Davis, but I agree with you. I think that they should re-sign Wade Davis. You need that presence there in the back end. It's a little shaky without him. Uh, But you're right. The the, the agent's going to slow play this. I did talk to him at the GM meeting. He thinks the closer market's going to take a while. I do think relief pitchers are going to come off the board more and more Mm -hmm. this coming week. But I would agree with you. Wade Davis is in need.
2: Slow walk. I love when Jesse says slow walk. Final lightning round question. You just mentioned him. New Cubs number four starting pitcher, uh, Tyler Chatwood. One of the most amazing stats, real quick, was that he was second. In MLB, in curveball spin rate. Now, that sounds like a lot. Of, what the heck is that, below? That curveball spin
0: rate and 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 Major League Baseball can't call balls and strikes.
2: But they, Yeah, but 2,132 <laughs> yeah, spins on the <laughs> yeah, average exactly, on the curveball, but they exactly. know the ball's over a 17-inch plate on uh, You're right, yeah, Fred. Yeah. But Jesse, Fred, he's got the spin on the curveball, and when you're in Colorado, 5,280 feet up in the air, that ball don't bite because you need the atmosphere, you got the elevation with the lack of gravity, yada, yada. I think this might might be a bigger move than people think, that this guy pitching, because he had the home road splits were lousy. Jesse, I'm usually not optimistic with these things. I like this move, Chatwood. Well, I, I,
1: I didn't love it until Theo sold me on it at his presser the other day. Mm-hmm. Of course, Theo's a great salesman. Um, and, and, yeah, look, they know more than we do about these things. I will say this. In talking to Tyler Chatwood's agent the day he signed, I said, okay, so naturally you're, you're obviously... When you were selling your client, you're talking road splits, right? Hey Theo, look at the road splits, right? He's like, you know what? We didn't have to do that. People see. You mentioned it. The spin rate right on a spin rate on the, right the curveball. Teams know what they're getting into when it, when they look at Chatwood and what Coors Field is all about. So, and and then, and then listening to Theo liking this guy years and years, you know, going back to his days before even the Rockies. So you have to believe in Theo's scouting ability here. And yes, knowing that spin right and what they say about the curveball away from Coors Field compared to what it did there, uh, it could be a good sign. And, and look, there were a lot of teams after him. And uh, you'd think $12.5 million is a lot for a guy with a four you know plus ERA. But when you look at the peripherals and talk about that curveball outside of Coors Field, yep. maybe that number is going to be, maybe he's going to be underpaid at the end of the day. But, yes, it sounds like a good buy-low candidate.
0: Okay, I got one question for you, Jess. On, on a long road trip, are you a music guy? Are you a podcast guy? Or do you switch looking for talk shows?
1: All of the above. Okay. All of the above. Once, uh, once I stopped getting uh, ESPN 1000, I went to a little Howard Stern, little music. I've got a couple baseball podcasts. So, look, it's a it's a it's basically an 18-hour ride in two days I'm going to do it in. So I, I got time for everything, Fred.
2: Cool. Jesse Rogers, uh, next time you join us, Jesse, we want your scientific evaluation of the effects of elevation on the spin rate of curveballs, why and why not, <laughs> and what happens with atmosphere, elevation, humidity, density of the air, and everything, okay, buddy? Can, can, can I say one thing, though? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, everyone <laughs> talks
1: about the, the the breaking pitches at Coors Field, but I tell you. I saw one of the greatest starting pitching performances at Coors Field from John Lackey of all people last season. You guys remember this was like in May. Mm-hmm. He pitched a seven or eight inning gem there, where his curveball—I I could not believe the breaking pitch, the, the, the break on his pitches. So it can be done, just not very often. Okay. And I, to this day, I don't know how John Lackey did it. Stick him. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. don't know. But it was great here. It was great hearing <laughs> Chatwood talk about. How he can go to work now, Fred? You and I talked about this last night. Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about it, you know. It was you—you know—it's on in the back or front of every pitcher's mind that plays for the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going back home now. I got to change how I attack this team. Oh, I'm going back on the road. I can use my full arsenal. So, I think Chatwood is going to be licking his lips when those yeah. when those uh, when the wind is blowing in at Wrigley in April and May, and he can use his full arsenal. Hopefully, we'll see the best out of him.
2: And he's a ground ball uh, guy, too. So maybe it's a bigger move than uh, Cub fans thought when they first read it. Jesse, get back on the road. And uh, And be safe. Be careful. Good travels to Orlando. You got it, guys. We'll Thanks a million, buddy. Talk to you, Jesse. Thank you got it. You. Jesse you know, Rogers I mean, stayed a little overtime for us. Thanks, Jesse. And
0: in in July, I was in Colorado to see the Sox play the Rockies, and I saw Kyle Freeland go to the last inning with a no-hitter. So, oh, yeah. It, yeah, you can throw some – you can have some good pitching and performances. You just got to work a little bit harder, I think.
2: Sox talk next. Scott Merkin said he give us a call from whitesox.com, nlb.com. And uh, last chance to vote right now. Will Jay Hay still be with the Cubs on opening day? Vote now at ESPN 1000.
0: Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPNF.
2: In the middle of a hot stove hour... One minute away from Scott Merkin talking White Sox from uh, MLB.com, Sox.com. Let's bring in EO11. Eric's going to give us the results. EO11. EO <laughs> Eric, what were the results of the 10 o'clock Twitter poll? Uh, will Jason Hayward still be with the Cubs opening day? Uh, we gave three uh,
3: selections. What the uh, bottom to the top? What did the fans say? Okay, bottom. 7% got to go at all costs. 27%, hopefully not. 66%, yes, they're stuck with him. What was C? So- gotta go at all costs, 7%. Only 7% of Cub fans
2: said he's gotta go at all costs. I think
3: White Sox fans loaded the ballot box That's there. gotta be it. Come line.
2: on. Well, I don't know what it is, but it's gotta be something. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You have got to be flat out kidding me. Hey, the sword <laughs> stopping in. Hey, let's go talk. Uh, white Sox baseball mlb.comsox.com. Hey, it's Scott Merkin with Murph and Fred Morning, Scott. In the white room
4: with black cups. gentlemen how are you doing? Happy holidays.
2: Yes, you too, Scott. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks, Scott. I'll step aside, let White Sox fan Fred uh, get in here, but let me first pose our 1030 Twitter poll for everybody. Jose Abreu should uh, be A or B. Jose Abreu should be A. Kept on to work with the rookies. B. Traded for a really good offer. We'll have those results. Sox fans vote now at ESPN 1000, Fred. Well, and you know, tying into
0: that, Scott, there was like a report the other day saying that it appears that Abreu won't be going anywhere and he'll be staying with the White Sox. And that's great. But now that the Yankees picked up Giancarlo Stanton, don't you think uh, it's a perfect time that if, in fact, Rick Hod wants to move Abreu, he'll get some nice offers for him?
4: Well Fred, I think as you know from covering this for a long time that, you know, it's it's like the Chicago weather. If it the, the rumor is one thing today and it could be something the next day completely different. So you know, I think one, one thing I'd take a little umbrage on your poll there is Jose Abreu, if he stays, is not just a mentor of the young kids. You know, I mean Jose Abreu is a really talented player, a really good hitter, a a bona fide if you put you know, talking elite middle of the order contributors in baseball. Jose Abreu is in that team picture, no question about it. And I get it; you can't put forty words in a, uh, <laughs> in, a, in, a in a poll question. We have
0: but, a hard time you know, getting four words in there.
4: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is more than just a mentor thing. But the bottom line is, even in this day of such great analytics. You know, I work for a company that has a great stat cast tool. Right. You know, the, the intangibles do mean something. You know, you've seen teams that win. Yeah, great. Granted, they have great players and you know, everything works well together in the Astros had Verlander and you know the Cubs have been building this for a while and the same with the Royals. But you see that that intangible that does make a somewhat of a difference in a championship team. But as again, going to spraying to all fields on this answer I think, yeah, I think people, there could be increased interest in Abreu now with the Stanton deal and the Otani deal both done.
0: You know, the one thing that gets me, Scott, is a lot of people, a lot of White Sox fans, too. They've been saying, well, you know, it would make sense because when the White Sox get good, Abreu's going to be older. And I'm going, he's 30 now. I mean, are they what, do they not think the Sox are going to get good for seven years? I mean, a 32-year-old can still hit the ball. I mean, Pujols is a bad example from last year, but, you know, a lot of people also say they're not exactly sure how old old Abreu is. But if, in fact, he is 30, that in two years or three years, he's still going to be a heck of a player. People forget how many home runs and RBIs he's had in his first four years in the MLB.
4: Uh, Agreed 100%. And, you know, in a couple years, if he does stay and, let's say, they extend him, he's not going to have to be, at that point, the number one guy in the lineup either. So, you know if you can extend him to what is a fair market deal and something good for the White Sox, too, then you're not paying a guy huge amounts of money to be maybe your third or fourth option in that lineup. And like you said, it's not like he's turning, God forbid, 50. No. I've hit that number. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's he's, he's he's in his early 30s. You know, teams that rebuild, it's great. The Sox have done a great job of amassing a lot of young talent. But you have to finish the rebuild, and very few teams, and none that I can remember off the top of my head, win solely with just the young players. You have to have veterans there, too. And sometimes you need that thread that runs through from the lean years to the winning years, and Jose Abreu could end up being that thread. But again, the White Sox showed last year, both at the winter meetings and during the season by trading Chris Sale and Jose Quintana, there's clearly no you know, uh, untradable guys in the team, and that's how it should be in, in a rebuild. So they're certainly going to listen to offers, and I think if something hits them that, matches the value, the high value they have on Jose Abreu, then you could see something happen.
0: And one more thing about Abreu before you go elsewhere, and that is sure. Murph, Murph and I brought it up a lot last year. Um, this guy didn't just stand pat on his laurels. I mean, he lost weight. He got in better shape. Um, his numbers continued to be good. He was stealing bases. I remember him getting on base and stealing from the first pitch. This guy's getting better as he's going along. He's not just coasting, and I think that's great to see. I think a lot of baseball fans and Sox fans they just said, "Oh, he's going to put up the numbers he always did." He knows he wanted to improve, and he got in better shape because of it.
4: Well, I remember also he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year with mm-hmm. some some defensive plays. The next day after this kind of stretch, it kind of hit its peak, you know, the unfortunate peak, he was out there with Joe McEwing and Luis Sierra and Ricky Renteria working before batting practice or working before, yeah, working before BP right. defensively at first base. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to ever be a gold-glover at first, but he certainly was improved as the year went on. And one of the things I liked about Jose last year is even though, you know, he's kind of learning the language and doesn't have English as his first language, he does interviews through an interpreter, he became kind of the voice of that team last year, and and that was a good thing because that way media isn't going to a guy like Johan Moncada who is, you know, three for his first 28 every day. You have a guy like Abreu who can talk about the game, talk about the team and that kind of thing, and doesn't mind that. Paul Canerco played that role so well over the years. You know, Adam Dunn did a nice job with that role over the years. And, again, not something you can measure statistically or put into a formula and see how it turns out. But again, an important part of a winning team, of a, of a team moving forward towards what they consider championship
2: years. Breaking news, ESPN reporting uh, Yankees agreed a deal uh, and the acquiring of an MVP. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton from the Marlins. I don't have any other details right here. Stalin Castro had been rumored. Well, Castro had
0: an autograph signing uh, for Steiner Sports in New York and has been canceled. So okay. uh, there's a pretty good chance he's going to sign for some kind of sports company in Miami very soon.
2: Talking White Sox baseball, <laughs> Scott Birkin with us right now. Uh, fellas, let me just throw a little topic in to uh, you two White Sox experts. A great year at third base, Matt Davidson, uh, last year. Great in the sense that, uh, you know, he put up career-type numbers and things that people wanted. The White Sox infield looks set, uh, Scott. Shortstop, Tim Anderson, Mancada at second. You guys have been talking about Abreu. He could be there for years to come if there's an extension or two more for sure, whatever. Third base, tell me a little bit about, uh, Berger, uh, the third baseman, you know, of the future, hopefully would be the way to phrase it, I guess. But he was a, what, first round pick and he's in line to, you know, if the changes are made at third base eventually, uh, to be the third baseman. What does he project and uh, tell me as an outsider uh, what uh, uh, Berger can do at third or what they hope he can do, rather?
4: Yeah, you know, what, what I said, going back to Davidson, I, I was at the hitter's mini camp they have at Campbellback Ranch in January, and he was there last year. And you could see after his season-ending injury, which limited him to what, like, I think, two at-bats in the season at the yeah. major league level, that he was ready to go. You could just see that there was something a little different about him, and, and he proved that, you know, power-wise. Now, I, think, I know he believes he's got more – you know, than the average ended up being last year. And you know, I think he's a good option right now. I don't know if they project him out as their third baseman you know, going forward four or five years down the line, but he's certainly going to work to try and get that spot. Berger, from being around him just a little bit, again, we we're talking about Abreu as kind of the voice of the team, and Berger's got that kind of hit factor. You can see that just by talking to him, seeing how his teammates react to him, seeing even some of the stuff he puts on Twitter. But as one person of the Sox organization said, they want him to have that hit factor along with that it factor, too. And that's going to be a key for Jake, you know, at, at, at moving forward at third base. Very young player. You know, I know they worked on during instructional league, him and Gavin Sheets, who, was, who were the top two picks in the yep. draft of the Sox this year, about getting the ball in the air more and, you know, taking advantage of their power. And that was something they focused on in this year's draft as power hitters. So, you know, I, I, he he grades out strong right now, but again, so young that it's kind of hard to project where, he, where he's going to be third base, first base, DH as the future goes on.
0: Scott, I know that during the year, uh, the manager, Ricky Renteria, he did praise the catching and the jobs that uh, Narvaez and Kevin Smith did. And Smith actually became a better hitter as the season went along. But tell, talk about how, how important for the White Sox this sig- signing of Wellington Castillo is because, huh. I mean, it's a huge jump for what they had last year.
2: Stake Wellington Castillo.
4: <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, I, I think, you know, Smith and Narvaez deserve overall credit for the way they handle the pitching staff, and hit, that they did not do And it wasn't just their fault. Obviously, we know when base stealing is not just on the catcher. It's right. on everything involved, the pitchers, too. That was an area that was kind of weak last year overall for the catching, White Sox catching. And Castillo had a banner year behind the plate and also had a great year framing pitches last year for Baltimore. You know, it's something that Rick Hahn and, he, and Kenny Williams also talked to me about at the end, like mid-September, that this year was not, you know, people kind of looked at this year still as, part of the rebuild another kind of you know lean year and then they start going after with that great phrase in class next year in the offseason and then you know towards 20 is the real contending time but they both said that they were going to be opportunistic that if options presented themselves they could help the team now and help the team in the future they were going to go after you know I think Zach Collins their top pick at catcher right. who by the way from seeing him on Instagram it looks like he has worked hard Not that he didn't last offseason but has trimmed down a little bit and was you know working at his working at his swing very uh, stridently this offseason. I don't think he was coming up in 2019, but this gives him a time to develop. You know, you have I'm sorry 2018. You have Castillo this year, you have Castillo next year, and you even have Castillo for an option in 2020. So it, again, what they've done expertly so far is not rush these kids, even when people thought Juan Moncada was ready last year. The Sox gave him that time to make sure, you know, as they said, he checked off every box before it was no longer prudent to keep him down there because he wasn't being challenged down there. And that's a good thing now with Collins, but also Castillo is more than just a placeholder. Right. He's a solid player that you can add in that lineup.
2: Visiting with Scott Merton a couple more uh, minutes, then uh, we'll blast you off on your uh, busy day. Scott, uh, my ex uh Jimenez. Uh, who I I think someday is going to be in the MVP running from what experts tell me and the eye test. It's early. You don't know. Where do you think or have they uh, projected where he might start this year? I know nothing's carved in stone, so I'm not trying to box you in. But Eloy, left fielder uh, of the future, thumper, maybe right field. Where do you think uh, logically he may start the season? Uh, A, double A, triple A?
4: Well, you finished last year with a short... At AA Birmingham, so I would guess he starts there again this year. But, you know, he's one of these guys that could force the issue. You know, I, I think if come August or September, if he's showing that he's ready, you may see him make that jump all the way to the big leagues. He's that dynamic of a player. You know, when you make trades, even with top prospects, there's usually something that may have changed a little bit that allows a team to say, okay, we can move him. And also, who you're getting back, obviously, into Chris Sale or Adam Eaton or something like that. I think Jimenez was a guy the Cubs probably cringed a little bit when trading him, but knowing who they're getting back and a great starting pitcher like Jose Quintana, you got to make that deal to kind of even things out. He, he's, he has, you know, star written all over him. Granted, still very early on in the process, but I think Birmingham to start the year, and then who knows what he does as the year goes on.
0: Uh, I was at a game the last week of the season. Nicky Delmonico hit an extra inning home run, a walk off homer, and the Sox get a victory. Now Delmonico, uh, guys like him because he can actually seem to play and hit the ball, and he was fun to watch. Women like him because he's cute. I, I heard it. That's all I heard throughout the stands is that you know they were yelling for Nicky Delmonico. Is he the, is he the guy that will be one of their key guys this year? And is he a guy that can stick around when this team does get good? Yeah, I, I
4: haven't heard the rebuild was focused on the cute factor so far, so I'm not <laughs> sure of that. But, yeah, I think he's in the plans for sure this year. And One of the things is a lot of these guys are living in Arizona during the off season, and a lot of them who play together already are working together now, including Delmonico. And I think that's a key thing you've seen with the Royals, a key thing you've seen with the Astros, a key thing you saw with the Cubs in terms of teams who have rebuilt and gone to championships is these teams lose together. They get to know each other. They learn to win together, and then you hope the ultimate thing is winning the championship. But, yeah, Delmonico, you know, did a great job last year, and I think, you know, as it stands right now, he's the starting left fielder for the White Sox.
0: Okay, uh, one last thing for me, and, uh, you know, I'm an old guy. I turned 60 this year. The White Sox had an outfielder way back in the day. Named Jungle Jim Rivera? No, I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, Ken Berry, who would jump over the fence in center field at the old place and catch the ball and land in the bullpen. Uh, I don't... I would like to see him hit more, but there's the White Sox have not had a defensive center fielder like Adam Engel in a long, long time. I know that a couple of years ago, he led the Arizona Fall League in hitting. I know it's different pitching in the Arizona Fall League than it is in the big leagues. But are they hoping that this guy can turn things around? Because, again, they don't have a defensive center fielder in the system, as far as I can see, that's as good as Engel.
4: Being sixty, Fred, you probably will not be extended this year. I think they're going to probably yeah. look to move you and see what they can get return as, as part of the rebuild. But the they've been
0: looking to move me for years. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, they just haven't gotten the talent and value back that right. you offer. That's Fred, right. I think. I think it's, that's yeah, my story. I, I think you summed it up perfectly. I don't think Adam Engel needs to go out there and hit two ninety or three twenty or even you know two seventy five. If he can be a two fifty hitter with his speed and his great defense. He's a great fit in center. Now, granted, they have other guys coming up. You know, a guy that comes to mind is Luis Robert, who they you know uh-huh. big international signing from last year. But yeah, I, I thought he played elite center field defense. He just has to get that average up. That average has got to be at least serviceable, you know, to where he's getting on base and doing something somewhat consistently. Because he also does it. Like I said, has plus speed, so that combination works out well for you. Get, you know, and I think he's working at that towards the off season, and he knows that it's not like he's you know oblivious right. that he knows that it's got to be up in probably the. 240, 250 range to be even an, an extra outfielder, let alone the starting center fielder.
2: Hey, thanks a million, Scott. By the way, I mixed up my nicknames before. I had uh, Delmonico Steak and Beef Wellington mixed up with Steak <laughs> Wellington and Beef Delmonico. I apologize. It still
4: works. It still works. We, we, we know what you're going for, Merv. It's well, all good. It all I, works.
2: I didn't know. I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a million, and uh, don't be a stranger. Pick up the phone. Visit with you in a couple more weeks. See how the winter meetings shake out, shake out. Okay, Scott, appreciate it. Sounds
1: good. It.
0: How'd you that, guys? Okay, Scott
2: Merkin over at Sox.com, NLB.com. Oh, hey, we're way behind.
0: Sun- Sunday night is the beginning of winter meetings. Oh, all kinds of fun. we
2: got to take a break. When we return, top of the hour, I'm going to convince Fred about something, or I'm going to try uh, to bend a bit, something about the Bears. And uh, EL11, look up, uh, Google up for me, uh, the New Orleans Aints. With the bags on their head, lost to cover. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred at ESPN 1000.
0: Basketball between the legs, over my head, behind my back.
2: Hey, hey, don't throw that bucket of water on me. Oh, it's just confetti.
0: Oh, those are my dreams.
2: <laughs> what, to throw water on me?
0: No, oh. dribbling behind my back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How about with a tennis ball for practice? That's what we used to do. That's what I should have done. Yeah, yeah. Twirling it around, the round-the-world thing, around your uh-huh. waistline back and forth. I could do that with a tennis ball. All well, right, that yeah. was easy enough. Uh, Murph and Fred, one more hour to go. Going to get back into Bears beat. But let's bring in EO11. What were the results of our uh, 1030 Twitter poll, which was, Jose Abreu should be, A, kept to work with the rookies. Don't get rid of this guy. And B, B. Well, you know, I'd trade him if that really good offer comes around. And Scott Merck is, you forgot, see, he's a really good player. Now, just keep him for the rookie. I mean, Scott was right. But as he pointed out, we only have so many characters. Maybe he could have talked to his brother to get us more characters in here. Maybe he could have. Well, we already have enough characters here already, he'd probably say, <laughs> Randy.
3: All right, uh, EO11, what do we have? All right, so the results were 64% to 36%, and the winner is traded for good offer.
0: That's surprising.
3: I am, too. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I'm
2: surprised. I don't think Cub fans would try to sabotage this one. Everyone likes Jose. I mean, uh, I was. Make sure we're not beaten played. You know, yeah, no, I'm, su- I'm surprised but because to, to you know, trade him for a good offer. You huh? have to
0: get you have to get a huge offer, and with yeah. all of the Cuban players, with no, no. you know Jimenez and and Mancada and Robber, and it's yeah. like he'd be a perfect guy. Plus, as Scott says, he's mm-hmm. still a hell of a hitter.
2: But like an uh, option expiring worthless in two years, uh, he will be expired if they don't. Extend them, but uh, they'll work on that. They got two years to work that up. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll get back on the Bears beat, and uh, when we return, uh, Eric, I got to hear the results again on the Jason Hayward one. I'm still trying to digest that. Murph and Fred back in a flash. ESPN 1000. Four and three and two and whoop, whoop. Murph and Fred, hour number three. Glad you're with us. Busy day, lots to cover. Just missed one hour of hot stove baseball talk, talking Cubs and Sox. A lot of Bears in the first hour. Uh, El eleven, uh, a little assignment if you have time back there. Uh, later this hour, I'd like you to uh, update everyone on a no old expression. Uh, maybe uh, not that old to some of us. The New Orleans Aints, like Saints without the letter S in the front. The New Orleans Aints. Let's take a look at our Twitter poll for the eleven o'clock segment. One year from today, vote now. One year from today, Mitch Trubisky, A, will be better. B, will be about the same. C, will be worse. Vote now at ESPN 1000. A year from today, Trubisky, progressing, redressing, or flatline about the same. We'll have your results in a few minutes. Uh, Before we get into our Bears talk here, where (laughs) I try very hard to... uh, uh, sway of Fred to uh, agree to maybe this one little nuance of something that uh, even I agree with you on most of the time, Fred. Uh, the, the, the taking a knee in the uh, end zone on uh-huh. the kickoffs. But, Eric, I'm still trying to grasp the results of our 10 o'clock Twitter poll, which was uh, will Jason Haywood still be with the Cubs on opening day? A, yes, he'll be with them because they're stuck with him. B, Hopefully he's not going to still be with him. C, he's got to go regardless at all costs.
3: Start from the top. The winning and then down to the least, please. The other way around. Okay, so 66% was the winner with yes, they're stuck with him. Mm, Second place was 28%, hopefully not. And 6% says that he's got to go no matter what at all costs. That should be 100%. (laughs) See? He's got to go
2: at all costs. Why didn't they call up the Miami Marlins and say, hey, we want Stanton. Here's what we're going to give We'll give you Hayward. You got to take him. He makes 150 million. Still, your guy's 300 million. We'll we'll, we'll pay all of Stanton. You've saved 150. Million. We'll throw more money in if you want. We'll give you. We'll toss in uh, Addison Russell, like the Yankees put in uh, Castro. Uh, we'll work out the money. Yeah, oh, man.
0: I had a texter who said uh, you guys do realize that Hayward's got a full no trade and makes 28 million yeah, oh, yeah. this year.
2: What you do is you say, Hey, number one, sit down. Uh-huh. We don't want you. No one wants you. Our mistake, and we're gonna. We realize. not going to bring the poor man to tears. No, no. Nobody wants
3: you, like Edward G. Nobody wants you, but can you waive your no trade? Well, no, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. I'm not done, like Edward G. Robinson said in the great Double Indemnity. We're sunk, and we're gonna pay through the nose, and you know it. Yeah. You tell them all right. What's your figure? Here's ten more million dollars to say you'll go. You got you to pay. That's why C was, he's got to go at all costs. You guys are right. I'm glad you mentioned it. He's got the no trade. Here's your price. Because we're sunk and we're going to pay through the nose and you know it. Here's another $10 million to go. Whatever it is.
0: Oh. So you're going to give him the whole thing?
2: Whatever. $180, dollars
0: 100 whatever, sixty does
2: Doesn't matter. You're sunk, and you're gonna pay for them. Hey, you ever hear of a movie called Double Indemnity? Fred McMurray, Barbara Stanwyck, Edward G. Robinson, one of the great movies of all time. The insurance scam where they're trying to figure out he murdered uh, his girlfriend's uh, husband so she would get the double payoff, double indemnity, because he uh, died in an accident, and then turns out that she's got a boyfriend, and then she's gonna kill him. You ever saw Double Indemnity? Yo, know? no, I'm not familiar. Uh, you no, know, it's me. one of those
0: no. movies. Is one of those movies, they remake so many crap movies, oh, you would think they'd remake that one. No, you can't. Oh, uh, you so, could. No. Nah. Because you could make it even better this year. Problem is. Not, a, not better, but you could make it even more interesting. Problem
2: is, it's black and white. Or is my. Oh, uh, you make it in black and white. Or is my little niece called it. I don't like gray movies. Yeah. I don't like gray. It's black and white. Well, and you I think about like it. it. You think about it. They really <laughs> were gray. I know. There was no she's boy, really right. There was no
0: black anywhere in the, on the screen. <laughs> the screen couldn't give you black. It could only gay. give you gray. So she's right. Uh huh.
2: Yeah, she's right. I don't like gray movies. Yeah. All right. <laughs> she's right, of course. As always, I'm wrong. Uh, vote right now about Mitch Trubisky at ESPN 1000. Thank you, EO11. All right, uh, Fred, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Sunday's Bears game with you. We have not rehearsed this in the pre-show uh, Love Fest. We didn't mention it. But what a game for, uh, uh, for Tariq Cohen. All right, what a game. Let, let's, let's just re-listen for one last time Sunday. Uh, this uh, he had big gains all game, but the thing that really made me think about this was uh, well here. Let's revisit what he did here. First of all, is the uh, famous play. Here's Cohen, and he's going to reverse field. Oh, he's going to reverse field again. Cohen from his own forty,
0: going the wrong way.
1: Now he's really going the wrong way. Down a reverse field and look at this he's got some blockers now he was going the right way cohen all the way touchdown chicago a 61 yard return
2: all right as exciting as it gets highlights cbs yep. television now cohen had two other big plays that were wiped out yes he so- did They call it total yards. That means your punt return, the kick return, uh, the receiving yards, the running yards. Is is that the phrase total yards or?
0: Yards from scrimmage.
2: Whatever. Uh. Well, not scrimmage. If it's a punt return, is it? That's not. Yeah, that still counts as yards from scrimmage. Total yards. Yes. Uh, Same thing. It works. Okay. Now, here's two plays that get lost in the shuffle. And uh, I don't even have uh, Cohen's numbers for the game. Oh, I got him. They're oh. terrible
0: because he only had two attempts for five yards. Ah. He had four catches for 39 yards. Mm. And he needs to touch the ball more than six All times. Right. Granted, they only ran 36 offensive plays. Okay. But he needs to touch the ball more.
2: All right. Let's go now to uh, second quarter, the eleven fifty two mark. Bears are winning 7-6. to six, And here's a 25-yard pass play to Cohen. Which, by the way, was all run after catch. Short pass, he scampers 25 yards. But this won't pop up on your uh, stat sheet right there, will it?
1: Biscay throws a comeback. A nice grab by Cohen. Cohen's got the speed. He's got a first down into San Francisco territory. And a late flag comes in. The speedy Tariq Cohen, fourth-round pick at a North Carolina a If it stands, it's a 25-yard pickup. As the runner's going by. Offense number 72.
2: Yeah. Offense 72. Yep. CBS highlights. That would be the one, the only, Aleno Leno.
0: All right. Charles Leno yeah. with a uh, all he had to do was run run the guy over. He right. didn't have to do anything. Don't you could you could run with your hands behind your back and make that block. Idiot. He's just trying to get his job done.
2: Yeah, they He's gave him an poorly. extension. I hope that thing's not guaranteed. Well, they they, paid, them, they paid Massey and Leno the right tackle also.
0: more money. It's like why was you know, there
2: where they were, were people screaming to pay these guys? Are those guys, I know they're in the NFL. Nothing's guaranteed. Are they back next year? Are There's they no game? guarantee. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, they hopefully that.
2: All right, so there's 25 yards uh, reception. Taken off, right. Taken off Cohen. And again, it was a 25 yards run after catch. It was a flat pass right out there about a line of scrimmage. That's not enough, huh? Oh, you forgot. You forgot what happened in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. And uh, Cohen, he runs back another punt, not for a touchdown, only for 68 more yards, right?
0: Tariq Cohen awaiting the punt at his own seven-yard line. Pinion trying to pin him deep. It's a very short punt. Cohen fields it at the 17.
1: Cohen's already taken one back to the house. Can he do it again? He's at midfield. Cohen down the sideline. One man back there. There is a flag down, and now Cohen is tripped up inside the 20 a 68 yard return
0: but let's see what the penalty flag is, it's back at the 35
2: yard line Uh, during the return, illegal block in the back by the receiving team number 84 10 yard penalty enforced from the spot of the foul, which is the 24 yard line, first down and it's on Ben Broniker, the tight end wipes out the big return by Cohen 68 yard yeah, yep. Thank you, CBS yep. television. 68-yard return yeah. wiped out by another bonehead. He didn't need to do anything, Fred. No.
0: And on Monday night, I talked to uh, Daniel Brown. We were out at uh, Riley's Daughter, and I asked him about that because when I first heard it, they said, number 84, and Daniel Brown's 85. I oh, said, right, I was right. concerned for you. <laughs> he goes, no. He goes, I was blocking for him. He said they went back and looked at it, and the thing was, it wasn't like uh, Broniker did a lot but the guy realized the guy from the Niners realized that the runner was already past him so he dove mm-hmm. and he got the call so you know it, he didn't he didn't really shove him he just ran into him a little bit and uh the problem is you can't do those things, and uh, because of that, Ben Bruniker, the genius who studies, like, microbiology or something like that in the offseason, uh, he's a Harvard guy, Mellon and uh, he's he not, not happy. Melonhead. Not happy. To
1: do it, it just it. sucks to suck.
2: All right, uh, so uh, a 68-yarder and a 25-yarder, Cohen, a total yards overall. All pur- there's an f- all-purpose yard. All-purpose yards. That's the phrase That's I was it. looking for. All-purpose all right. yards. And uh, so 68 Plus 25, 13, 16. I got 93 yards right there wiped off. Yeah. And both blocks did not spring him. The illegal blocks did not really spring him, right. either, as you were saying. Oh, no, the block, he was past the block. Yeah, both times. He was past the block, both and that was,
0: that was aggravating. And Idiots. the other thing is, that since you played the highlight, and I can rant and rail about uh, yeah. announcers, and mm-hmm. we've talked about this dozens and dozens of times over the years, um, you should have the hometown announcers for each team. You have second audio programs up there. Um, there's no reason on week 13 of the season that we need to hear, as Bears fans, that Tariq Cohen is a fourth round pick out of North Carolina It's A&T. embarrassing. It's terrible. I mean, and, and, and uh, all broadcasters do it. Nobody cares. In week 13, where mm-hmm. we went to college.
2: All right. Now, oh, let's tie something me. together here. Uh, that was just a little sample of, uh, you know, what Tariq Cohen can do. Now, what was the story all week? We all know the story all week. It was about the freeway play. The what? The freeway play. I got to hand it to James Lofton. He was the uh, analyst in the booth, right, uh-huh. Fred, CBS? Yep. Along and,
0: uh, with uh, Andrew Catalan. yeah,
2: all week the last, the
0: final team of uh, yes, CBS. They, were. Yes, they, they got were. they got the low one of the week.
2: <laughs> so all week, and it was a big story. How come Fox didn't instruct them to let the runner go through? Then you get the ball back, yada yada. And he says, of course, well, no, we felt better about the block. We know all that double talk that came through. But let's just refresh. And by the way, let the record show, this James Lofton. Yeah, the old wide receiver, Hall yeah. of Famer, uh, coached for a while, uh, wide receivers at San Diego years ago. Been doing a lot of radio and TV over the years, but has just now been elevated this season, I believe. Fred, right up to the, well, yeah, the booth.
0: He always does one of the other, you yeah. know, the bad games, right. so we don't haven't seen him all that often. You think we'd see him more because the Bears so, are so bad.
2: Now, James Lofton didn't say it as a first guess before the play but as soon as that running play and uh fuller made the big tackle to prevent it from actually occurring organically on its own into the end zone then you get the ball back with a minute and a half and you're only down by what five or six or depending if they do the two point whatever now lofton he said it as soon as the tackle was made that hey you know what maybe they should let him go through i'll say he was the first one to say it maybe you were sitting home and thought of it everybody i don't know i didn't it's a rare play and lofton called it the freeway play now let's eavesdrop and listen here's the setup the run and the post play talk by lofton which was the talking point of the entire week as it well should have Uh, Ben, let's uh, bring in here, uh, here's here's James Lofton as the analyst. He says, we call that the freeway play. It's
1: tied inside the five to the three. Now, when I was coaching, we had a call that we would call freeway. Let the offense score so that we have as much time on the clock once we get the ball back. That was the occasion for a freeway call right there. But all of a sudden, Kyle Fuller comes in. He's the roadblock. If you had let the 49ers score on that first play, you would have then had the had, had the ball back with maybe a minute 25 after the kickoff.
2: All right, that has been uh, distilled down and percolated all week. And uh, a lot of the talk, the most fascinating part, and EO 11's a big football guy too, Fred, bring everybody in on this. A lot of the great, great talk was the basic understanding that Every play that a baseball manager decides to call, uh, football, I think more than NBA and NHL, but that's another topic. Like, uh, okay, a Ricky Renteria says, Mm -hmm. let's intentionally walk this guy. Okay, now you put the four fingers up. Okay. And now, what's the ramifications? What went through his mind? Percentages. Percentages. Do we have a better percentage to get out of the inning by walking this guy or not? And then you got to do it in your head. you got all the numbers. You're crunching, you're crunching. You don't have time to call analytics upstairs. So Ricky Renteria is looking at the situation. All right, the other team's got a man on second. There's two out. This guy batting right now. I don't like his matchup against my pitcher. I think the odds of him knocking the runner in are, oh, maybe 35%. But if I walk him, I'm putting a man on. First and second, two out. More possible, uh, you know, there's ducks on the pond more possible run but in my head maybe he can look some of this up maybe he can't depends what the situations are you know what if i walk him the next hitter well he's only got about a 22 percent chance mm-hmm. in my mind or on the stats of knocking in the run i'll get out of the inning the odds are with me but hey maybe then i bring in another pitcher which you wouldn't do after intentional. but i mean everything is based on the odds So, what? This is what I found fascinating, fellas, as I'm sure you guys did too, and all the listeners all week. What were the odds of blocking? The field goal, which is right. Isn't that what John Fox said? Oh, no, we wanted to stop him.
0: I got to tell you, I thought that he was caught off guard originally, and he just gave that answer. But later in the week, he, mm-hmm. he, he stood behind it and even expanded yeah. on it. Which and was, it was wrong. like Yeah, uh, it, it made no sense at all. I mean, he should have just said, listen, we didn't think of it. And he, he couldn't say that because he knew he would take a beating if he said we didn't think about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't imagine that they thought that a block would be better, especially after Robbie had already kicked four field goals. If you like your field goal block so i so well, why didn't you block one of the first four field goals? Good point. Now,
2: if I recall, and there were different numbers. I think it was
0: like 4%. Well,
2: originally it was an 11% uh-huh. of field goals in that area of success. Then people looked up extra point kicks that are bollocked up and don't make it and then all of a sudden you're down to less than one percent like a point zero eight so so let's just round whatever five percent chance on average to block it and uh like you say for one they block them earlier of course they weren't gonna block it so five percent five percent chance to block it now here's where we're gonna talk to fred EO, i might need your help here yeah. I got you now, Fred. And I agree with you. Over this course of the season, it's been proven. And you were on this year way back yeah. when they to the twenty-five yard line. And now numbers. I used to
0: say, take it to the twenty. I mean, so many times you're getting you get a holding or a block in the back, and you're starting at the six.
2: Right. So on a kickoff, and earlier in the year, Cohen was returning him from three deep, four deep, five deep, uh-huh. six deep, and rarely getting to the twenty-five. Yeah. So uh, I, ch- I chided it
0: about three weeks ago. He returned, he returned four. He got to the 25 once. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now. where Which he could have done and I, not use any clock.
2: Okay. Now, I I agree with you 100%. But here's what I'm asking. Let's go to the 23, uh, 25 seconds left in the half. All right? Uh-huh. The Bears are losing. I'm uh, sorry. The Bears are winning 14 to, to uh, 9 right after that field goal uh, Robbie gold kicks the field goal with 29 seconds remaining in the first half to give make it nine points now for the 49ers and the Bears still lead 14 to nine fine they kick off Robbie gold kicks off with 24 seconds remaining yep end of the half and the actually ball-
0: Robbie gold doesn't kick off I'm they sorry. have another guy kick Good point. off opinion his name's pinion Good point yeah
2: oh that's your opinion no yeah. no you're right so Cohen <laughs> The ball is kicked five yards deep. Yep. 24 seconds to go. He takes the knee. Uh-huh. Ball comes out to the 25. Bears run uh, one uh, running play, and they let the clock run out. Here's my question. If you're ever going to break away, and ag- I agree with you 100%, take the ball out to the 25. Fred, wouldn't this be the one time that you would say, hey, Cohen, run it out? See, I, yeah, we just, that would make sense. Oh, it was no. that easy, Murph. Yeah. Oh, Look at shit. that.
0: That would make sense because there's no, not, they don't have time to yes. run any other plays.
2: Right. Now, let's go back to the percentage thing, right? The intentional walk, the good and the bad, the pros and the cons, what's in it, what could go wrong. I had a radio executive once and said, before you do anything, Murph, I always think what can go wrong.
0: <laughs> the best advice I ever got from anybody was that it's, it's much easier to apologize than ask for permission.
2: Exactly, exactly. Now. Cohen runs the ball out from the five.
0: Uh-huh.
2: There's only two things that can happen. He either fumbles or he doesn't. Right. Eric, you agree? That's the only two outcomes of running the ball out. Absolutely right. He either fumble or not fumble. And part two, he might go all the way. He might get you down to, to the 49ers 20 or 30. Because O'Donnell, he ain't gotta, he's your field goal kicker because of injuries. So you're screwed, yeah. So you're, you're the fox. Now, we've talked all week about he didn't run the freeway play. He didn't let it go. The odds were you know, maybe 0.09%. No, I'm sorry, 0.9. 0.9, less than 1%, 0.9% that you blocked that uh, field goal. So you got to work the numbers. What were the numbers if you ran as, you know, Cohen, hey, specialty, hey, Run it back, Cohen. Run this one back. I know we told you, if you ever run the ball yeah. back again, you'll never return a but kick see, again. But, that's but all I'm sorry for just a, what do we we all guess on this now? There's no numbers. Why do you think the odds were? It's possible That Cohen would have been hit at the 10, 15, coughed the ball up, stopped the clock, change of possession, field goal, three more points, and you go, why in the world it could have happened. Why did you let him return the ball? All right, that's all in our head. EO eleven, Fred, and Murph. What are the odds that Cohen might have indeed coughed the ball up? And he might have coughed it up anywhere from their own ten out to the midfield and then the all right. And the count of three will all spurt out our number of what the odds are that Cohen might have lost the ball. One, two, three, two twelve. All right. Fred said two. <laughs> I said 2%. 10. EO said 12. 12 and 10 is 22. Two more is 24. Oh, good. It works. So I divide by three. Eight. Eight percent chance. What's the chances of Cohen returning the ball for a touchdown? Same little quiz in your head. One, two, three, five percent. Okay, we're all in the same boat. I here. said it's ten, nice. you know, nine Fred five, five yeah. 10 and nine is 19, uh, 24. It's the same. It's eight percent each way. All right. Why don't you let him run it out? Maybe he gets to the fifty and four, down to the plus forty, the 30. Your your team stinks. You're gonna be you're in a
0: tank. Yeah, but I don't think that's Fox's call. What? It's, it's, I think it's a special teams coach. No! It's a special teams coach's call really? to bring that up to Fox. Fox has a million things he's worried about. He's not gonna, He does. That's why he has other coaches. That's why he has eyes in the sky that tell him when to challenge. Anybody that blames John Fox for challenges is completely wrong. Because he's not the one that sees it. Someone's in his I, ear right. telling him to challenge it. So, in my opinion, the special teams guy gets into John Fox's ear and says, Listen... They're, they just scored. We got 20 seconds left. Let them. Let's let's have them run out this time. Now if he told John Fox that, and Fox said, "No, that is John Fox's fault." But I think the special teams coach, otherwise, has no reason to be there during the game. You've done all your work already. You're the special teams coach. You laid everything out. If you're there, your job is to tell Fox, "Hey, let him run it out. There's only 25 seconds left in the half."
2: Fred, you raise a great argument, a great point. I'm sitting home. I'm watching the kickoff. I'm going, if he doesn't run this one out, he's your he's your best weapon. The worst can happen is he might fumble and then. But you know what? Why don't you let him pull the thing out of the end, run the ball out, see what? To me. Fox should have thought, okay. I don't disagree that special teams coach should be involved. Otherwise, what's he doing? Well, he's working all week. Having on a sandwich? Special- no, you know, all right. All week he
0: works on stuff. Okay. What's he doing all during right. the game? All right. John Fox has a billion things to worry about. He's Fox- got an offense yes, coordinator, a yes. defense coordinator, a special teams Fox guy.
2: can't look and see, in hey, <clears throat> 25 seconds, I'm going to let him run it out. We, we have to have the, ups- the odds are better, in my opinion, or 8-8 eight eight, like we said, he's either going to fumble it or run the thing back and he might go all the way. Three, three, two, three, seven, six. Yeah, And that was a
0: situation, one of the only situations I would say run the ball out.
2: See, Eric?
0: Absolutely the only one.
2: I, I thought we'd have a, a half hour argument with Fred and he blew well, the whole thing. He said, if, I
0: agree! It, it, it's <laughs> nice to see when I watch the rest of the NFL when yeah. guys were catching the ball 3-4-5 yards into mm-hmm. the end zone, yeah. they, don't even ch- they don't even fake it. They immediately just take the knee and give the ball the referee. Ninety nine
2: percent of the time makes fine. Complete Get the sense. ball out to the twenty five. You got Tariq Cohen. We just played all the big plays he had, two call back on flags. There's Yeah time. but think about it. Think about it. A Couple weeks ago, similar
0: situation mm-hmm. late in uh, the game and Cohen ran the ball out only got to the 17, used up time on the clock, and this was at the end of the game. But
2: they weren't going to, if he had gotten to the 17, hey, they took the knee anyway with what they did, or they took no, one no, no, and no, let that, it run. That,
0: that's the time they were trying to win. Remember, right. that's the time they were trying to move the ball downfield because they had very, very little time on the clock. He's so conservative. He used four seconds. You know
2: what? He's, he's playing like the, the 30 years ago. He's got no talent. Well, you know, He's playing like, th- I know we're up against the clock. Here's, like, here's Spielman, the uh, color man a couple of weeks ago, talking about uh, offense and he's talking about the Bears.
1: You know, the old theory is, well, you got to run the throw. That went out about 15 years ago. In today's National Football League, in my opinion, you have to be able to throw to run. Because you have to make defenses on you, especially if you have a young quarterback. Mm. The Bears were actually facing a nine-man front. Which, you know, anybody that faces a nine-man front, it's a quarterback. He's getting out of that play and say, okay... We're gone.
2: Let's go. Nine man front. How are you supposed to evaluate the rookie quarterback? We'll talk about that. I know Freddie got thoughts on that, and we'll find out what you voted one year from today. Mitch Trubisky, A, will be better, B, will be about the same, C, will be worse. Vote right now. Last chance at ESPN 1000. Stretch. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Glad you've been with us.
0: You know, next week we'll, we will we will actually be um, mm-hmm. Bears pregame because they play on Saturday. Uh, it's a three thirty start, right? But uh, we'll we'll look at the Bears pregame as they get ready for the Detroit Lions. We'll be the pre pre. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, there won't be a pre because I think there's Notre Dame basketball. Ah, okay. So we'll be uh, yeah we'll be doing a little Am bit more of that. During, from nine to noon, yeah. It's not
2: you and Yurko.
0: No, it would be. I mean, uh, no. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I got a dab. Mongo.
0: Yeah. No, because it's an irregular nine to noon show. But well, it, what I'm saying it. is, they'll just be. We'll be doing some Bears pregame also.
2: Radio asymmetry. Uh, let the record show. I called uh, Yurko Mango, and now I called the uh, Mango Yurko. Yes. All so right.
0: you're e- so you're even. <laughs>
2: Equal uh, equally botching up everything. Uh
0: huh.
2: All right. Let's see.
0: And, and you uh, said so you can't make fun of John Fox.
2: <laughs> I guarantee you. Every <laughs> He's coach, got 53 guys to I, remember. I can't do two. Every guy, every head coach in football right now, I guarantee you, there's a couple of players on their team that they said, hey, quick, what's his first name last And They have no idea. Yeah. No.
0: 65. Number 65. Number yeah. 85. Yeah. They don't know.
2: Eric, and they don't need
0: to. They, they don't need to know.
2: Eric, you ever heard Fred Zurgis? Eric, you ever hear of a uh, guy, a manager named Casey Stengel? Yes. Very famous, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't know if you've ever heard this one. 1962, you know, sort of at the end of his managerial days. But the New York Mets, New York gets an expansion team, the Mets, National League, brand new. And Casey had been let go a year or two earlier by the Yankees. So, of course, you know, they want to sell tickets. So the Mets hire Casey Stengel, right, as their manager for the new expansion team. And they're really bad. They win 40 and lose 160. Uh, they would have lost uh, 160. Uh, no, they doesn't add up. They won 40, lost 100. Two games weren't played because they were rained out and never replayed them. So Casey Stengel's at the end of the line at Polo Grounds. And September, you know how they call up players. So Jim Hickman told me this many years ago. Had some great years with the Cubs back in the day. So he was like a rookie. And uh, he was a AAA Tidewater, Eric. And uh, the Mets call him up. And uh, he's sitting on the bench like his first day or two. And the pitchers do up. It's like the sixth inning. And Casey, sort of near the end of his you know, days, Casey <laughs> yells out, Throneberry, grab a bat. Nobody moves on the, on the bench. Marv Throneberry, Throneberry, grab a bat. Dar, dar, get Finally, a coach says, hey, Casey, yeah, what? He says, you sent Throneberry out two days ago to Tidewater. <laughs> he looks over down the dugout, there's a young young, young man sitting there who goes, Hey, kid, what's your name? Scared to death, Hickman, Hickman, sir. Hickman, grab a bat, grab a bat. See? They don't always know everybody. Now, maybe it's a bad example
3: because of Casey, you know, sort of being along. That's great. A guy that you released and and sent down. He totally forgets. I wonder why I didn't see him around the locker room the other day. Throw there. Grab a bat. Grab
0: a bat. See, maybe he didn't send him down. Maybe the GM didn't. He didn't know. He didn't realize it. What's
2: your name, young man? Hickman. Grab a bat,
0: Hickman. Well, uh, Jimmy (laughs) Pearsall also used to tell the story about how Mm. Stengel would fall asleep on the bed. Oh, sure. Yeah.
3: That happened. That happens from time to time. There's a lot of downtime, and it's all right. Baseball's slow,
2: from what I understand. Like, you know, you see Davey Lopes yawning in the dugout, you know. Hey, wake up, Davey. Like, a lot coach first again is sitting. Okay, run out there. All right, uh, EO11. Dying to hear these results. One year from today, our last half hour, Mitch Trubisky will be better. He'll be about the same. He'll be worse. What
3: do fans say from bottom to top? 6% says he will be worse. 18% says he'll be about the same. And 76% says he'll be better. All right. He
0: should be better. If he's not better, we're in big trouble. And
2: before we get uh, Fred's uh, angle on that, let's revisit once more. About three, four weeks ago with uh, Tom Brenneman, Spielman. Chris Spielman, is it? Chris Spielman. Color analyst at Fox and uh, talking specifically about your Bears and running the ball, passing the ball.
1: You know, the old theory is, well, you got to run to throw. That went out about 15 years ago. In today's National Football League, in my opinion, you have to be able to throw to run because you have to make defenses on you, especially if you have a young quarterback. The Bears were actually facing a nine-man front, hmm. which, you know, anybody that faces a nine-man front, it's quarterback, he's getting out of that play and say, okay, we're gone, let's go.
2: Maybe he doesn't get the right to call the option.
0: Well, what, what, what Chris Spielman doesn't understand, and mm-hmm. hopefully some other Bears fans do, yeah. is that Mitchell Trubisky played 13 games in college. This is all new to him. There was a reason the Bears did not want to start him
2: this season, because he's got a lot to learn. Give us that again. Repeat. I think that's 13 key. games. There, there was, no, you said there was a reason.
0: There's a reason that the Bears did not want him to start this year. Because they knew that this was going to be a learning process. He can't go to the line and see what's there. He's not good enough yet. So Glennon... It takes a while to figure out how to read defenses. I mean, Mongo says it all the time when Eric's here producing for me and uh, Mongo. That when, when Mitchell Trubisky looks at the line... And he looks at the defenses. All he sees
2: is a blur. He's got no idea what he's even looking for yet. He's still learning. He wasn't supposed to be playing. Now, that was the topic from way back last summer uh, over in A. Everybody thinks you play, you practice a couple weeks and you can figure it all out. That all works. Now you're looking at nine men in the box. And your wide receivers can't receive. Yeah, they can't get open. But... Don't, what, what's a rookie quarterback to do? You, you, the defense is like licking their chops. And if you turn the ball over, then you're as bad as the, the other quarterback that
0: was there. So you can't, you, you got your receivers don't get open. Nobody's open. You got to be perfect if you throw the ball. If you're not perfect, it'll get intercepted.
2: And if I can add, also don't forget, your running back. They don't fear him either out of the backfield in a swing-pass circle pattern because they don't fear Howard catching the pass well, you most you can't. The, yeah, there was well, a pass to him, yeah,
0: there was a pass to him last week and right. he couldn't catch. So
2: it limits down even more what My the defense no, has yeah. to worry about. My only
0: note on that one was uh, J- uh, Jordan Howard still can't catch. Right. Uh, you can, you cannot ever throw him the ball until next year. And, and then even then, if he drops two, you can't throw him the ball again.
2: Now, if this year was supposed to be no Trubisky... Wouldn't it be also parallel to say, well, you know what, Shaheen? Maybe he would. Maybe uh, Pace. Almost forgot his name. Maybe Pace is also thinking on a second-round pick. Well, you know what? I'm not playing either of these guys because they got a long way to go. Yeah, but I think couldn't you make the same argument? You
0: could, but I think that he actually came out and thought that Pace would. Be, I mean, thought that Shaheen would be able to pick it up and contribute a little bit quicker this year.
2: But. In retrospect, it doesn't matter if, indeed, he's on the same progression as Trubisky. He doesn't know to pick up the... He's a big guy. He'll eventually be able to pick up the blocks, don't you think?
0: Well, you certainly would hope so.
2: I mean, of course, there's a chance he won't. I, yeah. I understand that.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely been guys that have been unable to block. But you you want to be able to have him go down the seam and catch a ball and keep running for a 40-yard gain or something like that. That's what your tight ends are supposed to do. Yeah. But apparently he's got to learn how to block. Yeah, I know that they say that with Deion Sims there, uh, Shaheen is actually playing the Zach Miller role. Well, Zach Miller's role was
2: catching the ball. And he's split to so he throw it to him. And he's split out. Yeah. Which Trubisky, I'm sure, has occasionally maybe some. And hey, there was a play where he lined up wide out. Okay, I'm not, okay. Generally, Miller was almost a hybrid of he could be a wide out or a tight end. If I'm right, wouldn't you sort of say he could, that?
0: He could be either one. He he would block at times, you know, during the run like game, the like the grandma
2: guy, that type of tight yeah. end, right? I
0: mean, and again, getting a chance to talk with. Um, Daniel Brown and, you know, a guy that's a tight end, and he was actually a receiver in college, so he Mm -hmm. understands – uh, what it takes and what the blocking schemes are. And, you know, he said Shaheen works his tail off. It's Fred, just something that takes a little while to get used to. These
2: defensive coordinators must not just be licking their chops during the week. They must almost be laughing when they go, you know what? We can put nine in the box. The wideouts can't catch. The uh, halfback Howard, he's not going he to come catch. out. He's not going to run a circle pattern or a swing pass or whatever the terminology Cohen's the only these guy, days. Cohen's the only guy you got
0: to watch for. Right. And now Inman. And if Inman can't get open, you double-team Inman. Nobody's right. Can catch the ball.
2: Spy on Cohen.
0: Yeah. So
2: and then Trubisky's no good because he's
0: not progressing. He's got nowhere to go. He's got nowhere to go with the ball.
2: What were the results again, Eric? Real quick, Uh, one year from today, did the fans vote uh, Mitch Trubisky will be better? Will be
3: about the same? Will be worse? Okay, 7% says he'll be worse, mm-hmm. 18% he says he'll yeah. be about the same, mm-hmm. and 75% believe that he will be better. I'll
2: step out and say that that's what the same numbers, in my opinion, would be for Shaheen, though I know a lot more people would combat me on that, which is fine, but we'll get back. Oh, when we return, Fred, young EO11 does a great job. He knows history of football. eo I want to see if he knows or can really refresh my memory, maybe yours, about the uh, the New Orleans Aints. Okay. Where the fans took the word Saints, scratched off the first letter S, and they became the New Orleans Aints. Hint, paper bags over the head. Bears? Fans? Uh, paper know. or plastic? We'll the paper be much safer. Back in the flash, ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Huebner on the home stretch every Saturday, uh, 9 till noon. Hey, real quick, Fred, I don't know, miss a little, miss a lot. A couple weeks ago, Adam Schefter on our airwaves. Our last Twitter poll was about Trubisky, will he improve or not? He threw a little nugget in there. I've been carrying this around for a week or two, talking about, hey, wait a minute, how do you know there's not another team out there that might covet and want Mitch Trubisky in a trade? Adam Schefter? What if I'm the Chicago Bears and I see Mitch Trubisky for a year, and I say, you know what, I, I've got these great reports in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd rather go get him um, and go
1: sign him as a franchise player and give up my one and then go trade Mitch Trubisky to another team that likes him for a one and a three or whatever it is. What, what do you think of that? Because... You've got a placeholder in Trubisky who's got value. And I'm sure there are teams that really like him. And you may like him. And, again, this may be a completely moot point, but depending on who's in charge, maybe that guy likes – let's let's say they hired Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels like Jimmy Garoppolo more. Well, let's go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's go sign him away. And let's go trade Trubisky to the highest bidder.
2: Uh, it's not the tape. Interesting, Shefty. Top guy out there, you know, national guy. And he doesn't say there's rumors or there's anything no, uh, bubbling. No, he says, what if? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But it's interesting. What if there is a guy? So what if you could get... A, a one and a three from someone that wanted Trubisky. Now the Bears still have their high one. You get someone else's one. Right. Maybe even trade down your own one to get a, a lower one and a lower two. Yep. So you'd have two ones, uh, uh, maybe two twos and two threes or whatever you end up doing. Well, Just- if you're
0: playing, if you're in a two, two, you're not playing many, uh,
2: <laughs> much defense. All right, Desmond. <laughs> but the point is, does anything possible? Yeah. And it's possible. All right. Uh, let's bring in EO 11. Eric. You're a historian, not just a guy that only knows stuff in your own lifetime, which is one of the great things NFL is for sure about you. Uh, the New Orleans Aints, well, what was the history of that? By the way, did you know a little about this or did
3: you learn it when you Googled it? No, I was definitely familiar with the, the the terrible Saints teams in. It was like the late. late it started in the late seventies and then the eighties. I think Archie Manning, uh, the father of uh, you know Eli, and the oh Peyton, my. I think it was bad. beat up. good quarterback, a good game.
2: quarterback, but yeah. So uh, the New Orleans Ains, What was the history on that that you pulled up to refresh us?
3: Okay, so like it was uh, the record was plummeting in like the late. It started about seventy seven, seventy eight, mm-hmm. is what this article cites that. Basically, the team was so bad, and they just, just, just started to cover the S up on their jer- on, like their fans' jerseys become the Ain'ts. And the paper bags, this is kind of a cool story. Yeah. It started with a guy, a comedian on the gong show called the Unknown, unknown Comedian. The unknown Com- yes. okay, the unknown comic. did not yeah. know this part. The Unknown Comic. Is yeah. it? Unknown and, uh, comic. The, the, the Saints fans decided they didn't want to be identified as Saints fans, mm-hmm. so they decided to follow the Unknown Comic with the paper bag over the head. Oh, See, I
0: didn't. I, I didn't know that. That's how they. Why they did it. Either. Yeah, that's that, what that's exciting. Cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Well,
3: the Gong Show, and, the, and I'm
2: drawing a blank. The famous Chuck uh, Barris. Chuck Baris.
0: just passed away oh, recently. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, friend of mine out in L.A. Robbie Davis. He, he, he used to know some of the people that worked there. What a great show, the Gong Show. Now. Here's my idea. They tried
0: to redo it this year. I couldn't no, give it a chance. It's I terrible. Even, I couldn't even uh, give it a chance. I, I watched said, a no, couple, no and way. it's bad. The it's bad.
2: In fact, some sometime when you have a minute uh, you, which I
0: know you never do. And, and not on your work computer.
2: Pull up the music. Bed, oh, okay. And we can That's use that on say. the music bed from Gong Google, Show underneath. Yeah, Google up, yeah. up the two young ladies
0: yeah. uh, with the popsicles.
2: Okay, so. <laughs> and J.P. Morgan. Yeah. All right. But Unbelievable. Enough of that. Let's go to this. That so was thinking, TV when TV was good. The New Orleans fans back in the 70s, So they scratched off the first letter of the name, and then they wore the paper bags, and they had ain'ts. So we were the ain'ts. In you know, other words, the team's so bad, you know, we ain't here, we ain't fans, but, you know, we're covered up with a paper bag. So I'm thinking about the Bears. Now, the bears make a lot of errors. All right? Okay. Now, the saints, by scratching off the first letter, became the ain'ts. Uh-huh. All right? Now, the bears make errors, right? So it'd be so sort of similar. Get the paper bags, write bears on it, or you're a, a jersey that says bears, which I know they don't, but bears. And then you scratch off the first letter and you got the. Uh, wait, a minute, you don't have. You'd have ears. You'd have ears.
1: <laughs>
2: so here's my idea. All right, not yet. Another couple minutes. Here's my idea. Mickey Mouse hats.
0: Uh-huh. You know,
2: like those skull hats with, with the, the
0: big ears. With the ears. The big mouse ears. Fans wear those to the game. Oh, you know what? If it was big mouse ears, ESPN should sponsor that. Well, of
2: course. And you scratch off the letter B, and it's ears, and you don't have to wear a bag over your head. No. You wear the Mickey Mouse ears because it's a Mickey Mouse operation, and it's it errors doesn't work. E-R-R-O-R-O. No. Well, no.
0: But bears. Bears becomes ears. The ears. Uh-huh. Can I copyright that? You better do it quick. The this, mouse is already working at it, I'm sure. The sports
2: information has just been copywritten.
0: I'm sure the mouse would have ESPN on one and 1,000 on the yeah. other. ESPN 1,000. Because on the ears.
2: it's a Mickey Mouse operation. You better hurry up.
0: There's only one more home game.
2: That's right. And that's
0: Christmas Eve, that's so there the will be a lot of people there. No
2: one's going to. But right. they'll keep your head warm, you okay. know. Hopefully. It's not disrespectful to the mouse to say that it's a Mickey Mouse I mean, that's a common phrase. It doesn't mean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well.
0: <laughs> Listen, he he takes credit for all of Mickey anyone, Mouse operations.
2: Anyone wants it out there, you can have it. Yep. No charge. Me to you. Uh, it's the Mickey Mouse ears. I think it'd be great. It'd be fun. But there's a lot of things I think great that uh, aren't maybe that great. But got to work on something. Hey, want to thank all our guests today, both. Great baseball guys. Jesse Rogers on the way down to Orlando. You'll hear him all week here for the winter meetings in Orlando. And Scott Merkin covering the White Sox. Thanks, fellas.
0: Yeah, also, you got to thank Eric Ostrowski. He'll be with Yo, me. And, uh, me and Mongo tomorrow getting you ready for Bears and Bengals. Murph and Fred Sand,
2: thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. <laughs> See you later, everybody.